All right, we welcome you to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Sacken here alongside my good friends, both living in Mitchell, sports director at KORN Radio. Uh, it's none other than Travis Krenz. And for the Mitchell Daily Republic, Marcus Traxler. Marcus and Travis, how are we both doing? Doing great. None other than us, right? None We're other. here. Together again. It's hot. It's going to be hot this weekend, and I, I hate it. I hate it. Uh, this is not incriminating, but Travis just blew a red light here. So. Oh, I got it. And this company car. It's a company car. That's fine. That's fine. Where are you guys off to right now? It's warm. Uh, it's going to get warmer. So, yeah, 100, 100 degrees or so, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We, uh, we're together because we took part in the Sanford International Media Day golf That's event right. today. So, <laughs> we're literally eight people there. So. <laughs> But uh, we got a chance to play where the pros play, man. That's right. Did uh, did you see Terry Vanderbeck? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Yes, we did. All right, very good. How about Andy North? Yes, we did. We talked to him. It was a, it was a two-on-one with Andy North. All right. Anyway. Uh, John Daly, was he there? Oh, he's out there. No, uh, he'll be in tow with his guitar uh, September 14th through 16th, I believe. Oh, it's okay. It was, it's it's live account. Oh. Yes. All right. Paul Heiner uh, was there. Adams, can you believe that? Paul Heiner <laughs> there? Paul Heiner? By far, by far the nicest course we ever played golf at. That's right. right. So I don't know what would be second, but it's yeah, very, very soft. Everything was nice and soft. The greens were fast. So Everything what, else was soft. So I, what did you shoot then? 56, my usual. Okay. Mid, well, mid, Mid-50s on, on a nine. Okay. So, was Brady Mallory there? Was Brady, Brady Mallory? Brady Mallory, was he there? No, he was not there. Don't have forgotten. I forgot about him. Just had he to was check. Not just so, had to there were only four of us, there were five of us played. It was, uh, it was us two, a guy from Kello, and a guy from Midco. So, a small group. And with the tournament director. And the tournament director. We had his ear for a couple he was hours. Very good at golf. Very good, as you might imagine. So, so it was, it yeah, Ma- was, was it Max Jensen from Midco? No, it was not. Nick, Nate Weck also not available for comments. All right, all right. Uh, who was it from Midco then? Was it David Brown? Was it uh, Tom? It was uh, the Darren. Darren. He's uh, you see him sometimes doing sidelines. Uh, so he was there. He knew, he knew right? He's relatively new. Okay. So he was. He was more high level of golfer. That's right. All right. So, Very good. All right, you guys enjoy the college football. I appreciate this cameo. Yeah. Go, go. Well, Marcus, Marcus, before we leave, uh, before you leave yeah. here, yeah. Uh, who are your college football playoff teams? Well, I don't see any way Georgia's not going to be in it, so put Georgia in it. Okay. Uh, if we're going to take two from the SEC, I'm going to make it LSU. So I'm going to say, this is not in my order of four. Yep. I'm going to say Georgia, LSU, Michigan, USC. Sorry. Right. It's relatively chalk, but that's what I'm going to look. You know what, Marcus? Uh, whether or not this is good or not, you and I have the same final four. Yeah. So give me, give me another day to figure out. To <laughs> Very good. And my my group of five uh, representative. Um, I'm going with Tulane again. Tulane me too. So, me too. Got to play number uh, three team from the Big Ten. Yeah, the Gophers. The Gophers and Tulane are going to play in, uh, no, I don't know, um, Penn State. Penn I, State I sounds have, right. I have Tulane in the Cotton Bowl against Texas. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, Tulane was just in the Cotton Bowl. They're either going to go to Atlanta or Phoenix, I saw. 
Yeah, so give me one of those two for the group of five games. I, I got the Peach Bowl as Florida State and Tennessee. Yeah, it seems a little oh. too convenient, but I'm sure they'd love that. I mean, yeah, I should say Tennessee's going to be in the playoffs, but I don't, think, I don't know that's yeah. going to happen. Joe Milton, he'll throw 85 yards, so. Oh, it counts all five. 8,500 yards. 85. Uh, same, size, same size as Donald Trump, by the way. Joe yeah. Biden. 263253. Whoa, that's impressive. 215. Yeah, yeah, that's. Hey. All right, thank you. All right, thank you, Marcus. Uh, Marcus Traxler, the nice camera. Oh, you forgot your keys. Uh oh, yeah. Don't, you your keys. don't forget your keys. Need your keys. You forgot your keys. Marcus. Need your keys. Ready? No, he's going to hotwire his car. Uh, we're at his apartment, so he's, uh... Oh, okay. He's got out. So, getting that done. There's, uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we got an email, what was that, last week sometime, about the Stanford International Media Day. Like, all right. And then the uh, the thing to get it to you was that, oh, you can get to play, uh, play nine holes afterwards. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I'm interested in that. Oh, for sure, for sure. But, like... I got a hold of Marcus and said, did you get this email? Do you want to go and do this? He's like, yep. Yeah. So, I went to Storm about 8.30 and had a old breakfast, had a fruit platter there and a muffin. And uh, some guys got up to talk. Andy North had something on his nose. A booger? A bandage on his oh. <laughs> nose. Okay. So, I had that and uh, talked to him a little bit and talked to the other people a little bit. So, it was... Was it three weeks away or so? so. Yeah. And how many people were there for the, the media? Maybe eight. Wow. Plus two. Mark Ovenden. Two guys from Kello. Uh, that was about it, really. There wasn't any, because they're like, well, there's no, barely an Argus leader anymore. There's not much of a radio presence in Sioux Falls, so it's really just two TV stations. And that was about it. I'm like, all right, and then so this is the sixth year of it. Yeah. So well, gonna be there for at least five more. So good, uh, good event. Well, there you go. So, well, there you thing, go. Play something like that. I, I, I went okay. I'm gonna play a really nice course. Is gonna be tough. Is gonna be, you know, the greens. And I didn't play any better or worse than I usually do. So well, that's good. Green, right? green, were, green were extremely fast. Mm -hmm. So you barely tap the ball and it just goes and a lot of break in the uh, in the greens. So that was that was the big difference. Big big fairways, which was nice. You had to cross some water. Marcus, uh, we called Marcus Sandy Lyle because he kept finding the fucking sand traps. So, <laughs> so well, very good. It was, it was good. Five of us played. Never played with five people at, at once before. So it was uh, it was a good. Good golf outing and last one here probably for a while. All right, very good. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be hot this way. Can we be done with the heat? I mean, my God, another heat dome here for Labor Day. This is this is ridiculous. I'm interested in this hurricane. I haven't seen the TV, but I assume it's reached landfall. Yes, point. it has. Ad Adelia has. That was next on the list here. Uh, I mean, uh, Jim Cantori, of course, right in the the like right where the the worst of it is on uh, some was it Key? It was, uh, let, me, let me get the name of this place here. It's like Key Center, um, Florida. Um, it's like a little island too, kind of off of. Yeah, I mean, it, it hit in a. Spot that normally doesn't get hit with these 
big hurricane. The storm surge is historic. Um, I find that odd that that with the western part, Tampa or wherever, north of Tampa, that that hasn't gotten hit in like since 1950. It's like, yeah, really? Well, because it that went north of Florida. it was north of Tampa. So uh, let's let's see. Um, it seems like that gets like the whole state gets hit at some point over the course of a couple of years because these storms are so massive. Yep. That that part of Florida hasn't been hit in okay. seventy years, really. It was Cedar Key, Florida, is where Jim Cantori is or was, um, and that that got hit really good. Perry, Florida, and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's like right along. What do they call it? They call it like Big Bend. So I don't know if that's because yeah. it's the. You know where the, the, bend, panhandle, the panhandle? Yeah, it's where the panhandle starts. Um, that could be why they call it Big Bend. Like I'm not seeing a town name Big Bend, but yeah, it's it's it, it, either way. Um, it looks like you know, had, I mean, a lot of storm surge. That's the that's the big thing here with the storm surge. And I wonder, I, I do wonder if from like the heat dome standpoint, if the hurricane is factoring into it, like you know, why the heat dome is going to be situated over the Midwest here? You know, the the low pressure if it kind of pushed stuff up north a little bit more. Probably not, but you never know. Um, I a hundred degrees on Sunday and Monday. I mean, give me a break. This sucks. I get it. Like well, September, you know, I think of September is that first fall month, but like it still gets very hot in September, you know, just doing like football games and you're in the press box and you're like, Jesus, this is hot. This is warm. So you think of the Labor Day, some of these football games get awfully, awfully hot. Well, so Arkansas, man, Arkansas and West Carolina are scheduled to play. I think the kickoff was scheduled for three. They bumped that up to noon because it's supposed to be so hot and humid in, in Arkansas. We've had Dakota Wesleyan here. They play Saturday. They're going to play at 11 a.m. instead of it was a one o'clock start. So, well, what about uh, like what about Mitchell Colonels football this weekend? Like, I mean, oh, Friday... gonna... I mean they're going to be lucky because they're going to be out in Sturgis. Oh yeah, that's right. You have to drive out there. But like other area teams, I mean, that, that's going to be really really hot there. Are you going to have to postpone it to another day? Like... Oh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. With that, um, we were fortunate last week we missed the, the heat by a day. Like Wednesday, Thursday was really hot, but Friday was good enough. So, yeah, this week it's supposed to be you know, upper 90s for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we will see. I'm sure a lot of games will be – you can't postpone them because it's going to be just as hot, if not hotter, Saturday. So right. maybe some noon kickoffs early – Morning kickoffs with some of these these high school games. Yeah, kick it off at like 11 a.m. or 10 a.m. on a Saturday. Yep. Like that that would make a lot of sense. Or push it back to like 8 or 8.30. Yeah. Like just because even when the sun goes down, that's going to help. And the, uh, the state fair is this weekend. Yeah. Starts like today. So. Terrible time for that. It's Terrible time for the another, Min- great Minnesota. Another thing to add to lists. So, yeah. Not good. Not good. Uh, but, yeah, we're thinking of those people in Florida and Georgia and the Carolinas getting hit by Hurricane Adalia. 
And yeah, um, but the big the big question I have here before I mean, we have a lot to get into today. We have our college football season preview, so we'll get all your predictions here. And um, we've got Marcus's uh, college football playoff final four. But um, let me ask you this: How was last weekend? How was your parents' surprise party Mom. anniversary? Uh, I saw some of the videos and stuff of the clues and whatnot. How did it all go down? It went pretty much perfect. I wouldn't change a thing. It, I mean, the weather, I mean, the last weekend was hot. This weekend is hot. Last week was not, or this past weekend was not hot. Mm -hmm. It was perfect weather. I was dead tired. Sunday, took Monday off. Just truck and beat the ships. Just. It, it, it was tiring, but it was good. Had a good crowd. My dad about damn near lost his voice just talking. <laughs> talking, talking, talking to you know, people I hadn't seen in a while. Yeah. So that was fun. And we, were they completely surprised? Like, at what I know you yeah. had said that you thought maybe they would kind of get an idea of where they were headed, maybe around the Applebee's mark. Yeah. Um, is that where they they picked up on where you were going, or were they they in full shock and surprise when you pulled into the resort? My, my dad had no idea at any point. My mom did guess it, I would say, probably a half hour in or so. Okay. She goes, hey, we're going to that spot where Melissa's dad, peasant guides. I'm like, no, we're not going up there. Uh-huh. That's where we're going. So she good had mentioned things. that I said no. So that was good. So we stopped at the gas station. We, yeah, we got up, what, what, 6 o'clock Friday morning. Got the dog to the vet, 7.15, dropped him off. 8.15, we're on the road, we're packed up to Sioux Falls. Uh, we head to Aldi, we head to Walmart. Uh, my brother meets us there, he meets us at Sam's. We're packed, he's packed. Got the drinks, the food, we had, we had way too much food. I was concerned we weren't going to have enough food, we had more than enough. A lot of people brought sides. Excellent. We get up to the cabins about 11.30. Got about two, two and a half hours to get stuff ready, get the food, the meat ready, the pulled pork. Go to all these cabins, turn the AC on because it's hot. It was pretty hot and humid when we got there, but then when we returned that night, it was, it was nice out. Good. We go, go to my parents' house. We were supposed to leave at 4. We get to their house 20 minutes before 4 at 3.40. And we say we can't leave till 4 o'clock. Like, why does that matter? Well, because we want to give people time to get up there. Mm-hmm. And I thought we'd get up there. It's about a 90-minute drive. It took us 2.15 to get up there with all these extra stops. Yep. Uh, Melissa was texting me. I was in the front seat. She was in the back. She was concerned we were going to be there too early. I'm like, no, we're going to be there. We were like two or three minutes early. We were fine. Oh, right on time. We stopped at the KC's for them to go pee. Or it was like, you know, 6, 6.15, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So we got there. First thing my dad sees is his truck, because my brother took his truck with the camper, told him they were going to camp in Del Rapids. That was his excuse. <laughs> okay. so driving up, he finally sees, my oh, goddamn, that's my truck. Then we still couldn't see, because the idea was to have people lined up on the driveway as they came in, and we didn't see them until we were literally on the driveway. So we had some bunch of trees a grove of trees in the front so that was a big surprise so good yeah they had no idea my mom you know 
guessed it, but and once they kind of knew where we were going, they thought we were maybe eating there or staying there. They had no idea that there were all these people coming up. So it worked. Awesome. It worked out great. So awesome. And a great weekend there. That's that's fantastic. Well done. Well done on your part. Uh, happy 40th anniversary to your folks. And once we, I was tired. Once we left setting stuff up, mm-hmm. we had, had to drive back and then drive right back up again. And mm-hmm. when we got there, and Melissa went to bed about 8.30 that night. <laughs> Understand. And I slept on this little couch for about 20, 30 minutes to rest because I had a headache. And I'm like, I feel like I'm going to puke. Yeah. I finally rested a little bit, and then I got, got back at it. But on Saturday... A lot of talking, and then Sunday, you get home, you just want to sleep. Yep. Monday, we took Monday off, and, you know, just to rest because it was good. So, good, but... Uh, exhausting. Exhausting, so glad, yeah. glad we did it, though. Ah, excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, glad to hear it. Again, happy anniversary to your folks. Uh, before we get into the college football preview... Um, What's uh, the U.S. Open going on right now? Tennis's final Grand Slam. Do you, do you, does anything interest you with the U.S. Open? No. Okay. No. Uh, how about uh, any thoughts on Victor Hovland winning the FedEx Cup in the golf playoffs? Good for him and his money. $18 million a payout. That's a lot. $18 million. Do we need? Do we want to uh, just take care of the baseball first, or do you want to do the college football playoff uh, or college football preview first? Yeah, go to the baseball. End with baseball. All right. Or, or go go to baseball first. Oh, baseball first. Okay. Well, uh, Twins, good series last week, taking three out of four from the Rangers at Target Field, and then they followed up by losing two out of three to Cleveland, including blowing a two-one lead in the ninth inning on Wednesday. Not great, Bob, not great. Um, it, it's it's so difficult to tell what this team is doing. I mean, Royce Lewis is playing out of his mind, you know, grand slams and back-to-back games. Had a chance at a third uh, consecutive game with a grand slam on Tuesday, but ultimately that didn't happen. Um, he had a solo home run, I guess. He did, yes. Solo home run, but... Uh, didn't get that, and then his uh, his home run streak or whatever ended on Wednesday. But, I mean, you had a chance to put yourself, like, eight games up on Cleveland. Instead, it's now five. You have three in there next week. You have the Rangers again in Texas this week. Things should be fine, but, like, for goodness sake, can we just put the Guardians to bed? No. Yeah, they won't slip away today. Kind of paying attention to it. And, you know, Duran's not as dominant as he was last year. And Sonny Gray, he gave up three hits in seven innings. He's an eight one pitches. I don't know why you pull him. He's not going to restart. He's got to get out of here. Because we're wasting him. But I think he's here. He's now the lowest in the American League. Yeah. And Griffin Jacks comes in, gives up a run. They needed 24 pitches to get through the eighth. And Duran blows it in the uh, in the ninth, and then our guy Pagan actually does well, and they pull him in the tenth for a rookie, Cody Thunderbird. And Thunderbird gives up the three-run home run. I was like, well, maybe keep Pagan in there. They wanted to go lefty-lefty matchup, and 
That obviously worked well with a three-run home run. So, Well, Thunderbirds in, only in there because the Twins sent Bailey Ober down to AAA St. Paul. Because Ober hasn't been great lately. Do you think that was a the right move to, to put uh, Ober, uh, send him to St. Paul? Yeah, they want to manage his innings. He's uh, well over his career high for innings. He's kind of kind of struggled for the past month or six weeks. So we'll see if they call him up here sometime, give him a bit of a rest. But it's just, you just keep waiting, and we're a couple days away from September. And then, you know, at some point, you just got to say, this is what this team is. They're show flashes. They can be good at times. Their starting pitching's excellent. Their bullpen is not so good. Their offense comes and goes very streaky. So, to if they can get hot, they can maybe do something. But, you know, you don't, once the playoffs come, you don't. You don't hold much hope that anything's going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to be at home. They're going to host this three-game series, so all these games are at home. against like, who knows who is, could be anybody. Could be Texas, could be Houston, could be Seattle. Well, right. Could be Toronto. There's like, a, uh, that AL West is nuts right now. So. It's a three-way tie for first right now in the AL West. So that's exciting. And imagine if there was only one wild card and not three of them. Yes. Yep. I feel like all those teams, you know, Seattle's been on a hell of a run. Recently, mm-hmm. to uh, you know, take a division lead. Now they're all tied. So uh, after the Mariners got off to a slow start, so and you just feel like they got a shot with their pitching, and you know, if Royce Lewis can do what he can do, and you know, certain guys get hot. Buxton's playing in Triple A tonight, and is actually playing in center field for the first time in a year. So I don't know what happened in the last four to six weeks. Or oh, he's fine now. He can play in the outfield. So, hey, it was a good chance to at least win two out of three against Cleveland and go seven up instead of five up with about 29 to go. But I think they'll see him next weekend, and schedule's not very tough to end it, so they should be fine. It's just, you know, waiting for the playoffs. Boy, Seattle's schedule to end the season is tough. Have you seen what they what they end with? No. At Texas for three, and then home against Houston and Texas. So I mean, they, that'll, that's fun. That that's that's what that's going to be. So it's yes. not like they're playing the Rockies or they're playing, you know, Cincinnati, some random yep. team. It's like yep. they're all playing each other. So that's that'll be exciting to. And it, it may not mean a whole lot because the losers probably still going to make uh, make the wild card. Yep. Well, and you know, t- I mean, Toronto loses two out of three at home to to Cleveland this weekend, and then Cleveland go. I mean, Cleveland's four and two in their last six games. Against Toronto and Minnesota, teams that are in the thick of the playoff hunt, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, it's it's stupid, really. It's it's just it's frustrating. It's infuriating. You know what else is infuriating? How about uh, the Angels? You talk about embarrassments here, uh, and you have said it now for multiple weeks how embarrassing the Angels are. And the Angels just got rid of practically you know like all their their, their whole team uh, on Tuesday. Uh, make make this make sense. They release uh, Giolito. Oh, no, no, they, they just put them on waivers. Well, okay, they put them on waivers. I mean, the, so they're, they're still a part of the team, and, and somebody has to claim them. So if they claim them, they just outright get them with no compensation. So they'll save a million dollars, two million dollars, whatever that contract would be over the final month. So okay. well, they're still on the team until somebody claims them. Okay, but the this the point I guess being, 
what are the angels doing? Like, this is, they went kind of all in. They, they made the dumb decision of not uh, trading Otani. Then you, you try and bring some help in. It wasn't great, but at least they were making the effort. They proceed to lose a whole bunch of games in a row. Now Otani's injured and the angels just like, fuck it to this season? Like, that's how it appears. Yeah, I mean, they're, what, they're seven, eight out last time I checked, and they had, what, an eight-game losing streak immediately after the trade deadline. And they brought in all of these guys. They're like, they're not going to make a difference. And now a month later, they've you know, put them all on a waiver. So if you want any of these guys, you can have them. Just got to pay their salaries. And then Otani's probably going to need Tommy John surgery again, so he's not going to pitch more than likely next year, and that'll affect his free agency so you know 500 million was rumored now probably not 500 million dollars for for him and then you got to wonder okay how long is he going to pitch for he's done this and he's had two uh, two tommy john surgeries so just a just a poorly run organization and they've, they've been bad for a long time is it fair to say because I think there are some pieces in place with like Kansas City to maybe make a uh, like get be better. I mean, they're they're terrible this year, but they could be a little better next year. I have no hope with Oakland here. Are the Angels going to be one of the top? Let's just say the top four worst teams in baseball next year. I think they're just kind of be like they're only in the bottom half of the American League, but but I mean all of baseball. But they're one of these teams that they're not, you know, they're not one of the five worst teams, but they're just kind of in that middle no man's land of... But you don't think next year without Otani, and you never know what they're going to do with Trout, and they kind of, you know, they, they traded away several prospects for guys that really weren't going to, like, I mean, obviously now aren't making a difference for them. So they're even worse off. They'll be worse off next year than they were this year because of the prospects that they lose and, of course, Otani. I like what. Where is this team going to be even like remotely good? Especially, if Trout, you know. I think they're just going to kind of be around the same. Be you know, a seventy-five win team. I mean, they're they're this way with Otani and Trout. Do you need and to trade Trout, Trout in the offseason? Huh? Do you need to trade Trout in the offseason to try and... Well, yeah, I would have traded him a couple of years ago, and now he's getting hurt all the time. He hurt his hand. He was out for an extended period of time. I think he just got came back and he just got hurt again. Right, but that's why I wonder like, if it's even worth trying to trade him in the offseason to try and recoup any like any potential prospects because otherwise they're just gonna they're, they're just gonna be terrible next year yeah they're, they're not gonna their, their farm system isn't very good they don't develop people they're just a poorly run team it's like they don't know what they're doing or what they want to do yeah. they've got otani and Trout. they've had trout for what 10 years now and they've made the playoffs once at some point you got to look in the mirror and say okay we we like this guy he's very good but we're not, we're not doing anything with them. We're, we're not. We can't be any worse if we trade them and we get all these prospects. We're not going to be any worse than we've been. We're not going to. What are we going to do? Not continue to make the playoffs? Big right. look. Well, now we talked last week. Did we know what Otani had? Like, was, was he going to be yeah. out or whatever? Did we know the full extent when we talked last week? I don't believe so. Okay. So he left his start early after a couple of innings, and then we found out. But you know he can still DH, he can still hit. 
Okay. Yeah. There's, some, there's some value there, and he's going to continue to do that. And, you know, they've used Otani a lot where he just, like, never misses a game. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just curious how other teams would use him or I look at how the, how the Twins would use Otani if they had him. And I'm sure with, with the Twins' approach, they probably would have said, okay, you're not going to play the day before a game or the, or the day before you pitch or the day after you pitch, even though he's done that regularly, and mm-hmm. I like that. It's like you can pitch and he can hit, and he can hit the day after he pitches and he can hit the day before he pitches. Like, And they've gotten full value out of him, and he's been great. So we'll see how another team – Assuming he doesn't say how another team would would treat him now that he's been injured twice. It's a huge blow to baseball. He is the biggest star they have, without question. And, I mean, we've never seen anything like this since Babe Ruth. And we didn't see that, but that was back 100 years ago. I mean, for him to hit and pitch the way he does. Now, I've you know... There's been some chatter that I've heard about, oh, well, could he? Could we see him come out of the bullpen? Could he be a closer or something in the future? I don't know. Like, we don't, you know, I mean, it's not even for sure that he's having Tommy John surgery, right? It's not for sure, but... It seems likely. That UCL ligament usually leads to that. Yep. Felix, Felix Bautista, the closer for Baltimore... He's been the best reliever in baseball this year, and he's got that injury. And I've got him on one of my fantasy teams, and I was keeping him, but I released him because I'm pretty sure he's going to need Tommy John surgery. So, So, I mean, how much do you think this injury has cost Otani, and what can his effectiveness be Moving forward, like, are, are we talking now? Like, are we talking a two hundred fifty million dollar contract? Yeah. Are we talking maybe a two or three year deal worth a hundred million, and then see where his arm is at after that? Like, how? What is the plan for him moving forward? Because you've got Aaron Judge and you got however millions, many millions he got. I feel like his numbers are comparable to Judge's. Well, Judge is a, a good outfielder too. Yeah. But well, Otani is way more valuable because of his pitching. And, you know, the pitching, they bring him out of the bullpen now. Do you not use him as much pitching-wise? So how much longer will he continue to do that? So, yeah, I would say, you know, he'll probably still get $250 million, maybe $300 million with that expectation of he'll probably pitch at some point, but we're primarily going to need him as a hitter. But he would sign a, a shorter contract, I would think, buy a team until they know kind of where his health is going to be at, especially pitching-wise, right? And there's no way he resigns with the Angels. Like, if I were him, I mean, he doesn't. it doesn't sound like he holds animosity towards them, but how much do how much are the Angels at fault for this, or is this a freak injury for him? Like, I mean, for goodness sakes, they had him bat in the second game after they pulled him with arm soreness, and it turns out he had an MRI, and it was a UCL injury. Like, is that wise to even have them hit? Then I, I, I just... I get how he's in. I don't know. It's like uh, Bryce Harper had... I don't know what injury Bryce Harper had. But he had Tommy John, so he missed the start of the season for the first couple months. But he's still DH, I think, last year a lot of the time. So he could hit, and he just can't throw. So you can, you can hit, and... I mean, at this point, your season's over... 
you're just, I don't know, playing for MVP votes at this point. I don't know what you're, what you're playing for when it comes to him. I, so. I, I don't know what the, what he is thinking, you know, if he's just being absolutely loyal to the Angels. And again, I don't know if the Angels have mismanaged this whole thing that led up to his UCL injury. I kind of feel like they knew something was going on because wasn't there, uh, was it a couple weeks back, they decided not to start, like they, they didn't, he had a scheduled start and they pulled him. And yeah. and then it was like, okay, do you know something or are you just trying to give him extra rest? Well, so I kind of feel like that, looking back now, was that kind of a telltale sign that there was an, a potential issue with his arm? And they said that, you know, when he pitched or whatever, it was, who was that against? The, the Reds? Yeah, it was against the Reds in a doubleheader. They said that he didn't tear the UCL until the 26th pitch. And he exited after that pitch. He was done at that point. But to me, it feels like they were almost playing with with fire there. If they had pulled him from a start a couple weeks ago, it feels like they might have sensed something could lead to this. He's had a lot of blister issues with his fingers. Okay. And his hand here throughout the year. So he's missed some starts, and he's been pulled from starts early, I think, because of blisters. So I don't know how much of that led to this, but just more more ridiculousness of you didn't trade him a month ago when he could have. Yeah. So as great as he is, you just don't see him doing this for ten years. You don't see him do. He's done this for what two? Yeah. Two three years. He's done this unbelievable thing. Mm-hmm. And. He may only do this for another year or two, if that. He may not do this again because of what he's got coming up. So, just more reason to trade him, and they missed the boat on Trout. His value isn't what it was three, four years ago, and they missed the boat on Otani. Mm-hmm. A second chance, and and it shows. It's like all right, they just don't have much talent. You got two superstars. But you never make the playoffs. Yeah. They, that's why I think they're destined to be one of the worst teams in baseball next year. I, I, I really do. I just don't see where it's all coming from. Brew Crew had a nine-game win streak. That was uh, snapped on Tuesday night, and then they proceeded to lose Wednesday to the Cubs. So that uh, NL Central lead is getting tight. The Dodgers have a strong lead over the Giants and the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks playing better here as of late. So this NL wild card race is going to be very intriguing. Uh, any other the thoughts on uh, baseball here before we get to college football? There was almost a no hitter last night. There was. There was. Two outs left in the ninth yeah, for, uh, for the Giants. Uh, Alex Cobb, I believe, and then uh, the Reds ended up. Now, he didn't even get the shutout. He, he got, he, he, he did no hit. He, he did get a complete game, so that's good, but lost the no-hitter, lost the shutout. It's a, um, Spencer Steer, who the Twins traded to Cincinnati last year, broke it up with a double. And I saw, I saw, I saw the final couple outs of it. Um, and they let him complete the game, too, which I thought was nice. 35 years old, he's a guy that I've always liked. Him. I, I wish the Twins would have signed him at some point, but they haven't. He's been, been a solid pitcher. And he was 125 pitches or so, and he gave up the hit. 
I think most guys would have been pulled at that point, but they kept him out there, and he got through the next batter. 131 pitches, a career high. So, don't you think the fact that the score was six to one or six to six to nothing at that point, six nothing, six one, had something to do with that? Like maybe if it was six three or six four, you take him out, or like, or not, not, not even that, but like maybe if it was one nothing or two nothing, two one at that point. Maybe you take him out, but the fact that he had enough of a cushion, maybe if he gives up another hit or two, then you would take him out? Yeah, it was nice to see that. So, yeah, they have a nice five-run lead to get that done. And, no, Giants, uh, yeah, Giants went on a little bit of a run there. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of decent teams still in the mix here in the last month. So, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Indeed. Indeed. Let's get, though, to college football now, uh, if you are ready for that. I assume you don't really have any big thoughts on the Mountain West, the MAC, the Conference USA, American, the Sun Belt. Anything out of those little measly conferences intrigue you at all? I always like the Sun Belt teams. Coastal Carolina, App State? I don't like Coastal Carolina, but yeah, App State... Some of those former FBS teams that come up. Oh, James Madison, yeah. James Madison, they come up, and they are immediately good. Mm-hmm. I like I like those teams that I think they could compete with maybe on you know, the bottom half of, of the FCC or the ACC on a regular basis. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we got Coastal Carolina's had a lot of success. They're going to be great uniforms. Um... James Madison, I wish they would be eligible for something. But, um, yeah, I like Sun Belt. Do they still have another year where they aren't eligible? I think so. That sucks. Well, well yeah, we'll see. It's usually, usually one of those teams pulls off some sort of an upset in the, uh, in, in the early college football season. Well, let's get to the big conferences here. Um, let's start with the ACC. We'll just go in alphabetical order here. Uh, it appears that, you know, there's Drake May at North Carolina, so a really good quarterback, can, but can UNC's defense hold up at all? Florida State has uh, Jordan Travis. He's very, very good. Um, you know, Clemson have Cade Klubnik, uh, so they have good quarterback play. Their defense should rebound a little bit here, but it, it does seem like it does come down to Clemson and Florida State because I think we just don't trust UNC's defense. What are some of the storylines that you are looking at from the ACC standpoint this season as the season plays out? A lot of people like Florida State and their quarterback and kind of a a show me, okay, are you actually good or are you just, you know, people think you're good because you're Florida State. So it seems like maybe a Texas situation or oh texas like upper texas like well you're gonna have to actually win some games here so uh you know florida state lsu that's by far the biggest week one game so a lot of people are picking both of those teams for the playoffs so lsu will not have their starting running back in that game i've i've seen or one of their running backs uh let's see who who's he now Uh, emory yes emory yes he is not playing so if Florida State can win that game, like their schedule is not tough. 
Mm-hmm. They've got, they've got, they're at Clemson week four. Other than that, you know, at Florida at the end of the year, Thanksgiving. So if, if you can beat LSU, which I think they might, you know, at Clemson's tough, but, you know, I, I, Florida State's one of those teams where I don't, I'm considering no for, for a playoff spot because, um, but they're highly ranked, and they only got two big games all year. So, mm-hmm. you know, are they for real? And Clemson, and uh, and your quarterback be better than last year, which I think is pretty much an automatic given at this point. Yep. Because uh, DJ uh, Ukulele, <laughs> uh, he was not, what is it, at Oregon State now? Yes, he is. That? Yep. So unfortunate for them. And again, Clemson, again, not, not a tough schedule. Look at these ACC teams; they just don't have tough schedules because the ACC is just not not a lot of quality quality teams there. You know, what was it last year? North Carolina State was everybody's Darn. pick. Yep. Look out for really North Carolina State's going to do something really. Yeah, Charlie had so, him in the college football playoff. Sorry, Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. Oh, I think uh, Schottenberg was was heavy on him. So Clemson's got the Florida State game. They've got they've got Notre Dame. They've got Carolina. All of those are at home. Those last two, all three of them, I guess, are at home. So, you know, Clemson, what, they lost, what, two games last year? Um, and, it was, and it was a down year for them? Three, if you include the, the Orange Bowl against Tennessee. Sure. So two in the regular season, that was a down year. Yep. So uh, Florida State's going to have to prove to me they can knock off Clemson. I would agree with that. It's uh, For Florida State, they begin the season and end the season with an SEC team. Uh, LSU uh, in a neutral site game in Orlando and then at Florida to end the season. I have big expectations for LSU. And I think Florida State, I, I think you're you're right. Because this is one of the games, I think, that defines the college football season and the success that each of these teams can I think it, it's more paramount for Florida State to beat LSU than it is LSU to beat Florida State because LSU has enough other opportunities to build a good resume, you know, going through the the gauntlet that is the SEC West. Uh, Florida State doesn't have that. But, again, in saying that, I think LSU is going to be really, really good this year, and we need to see it from Florida State in order. Their offense is going to be great, but that LSU defense is going to be good too. So, um, yeah, I – I don't know, but I, I like where you're going with that Florida State pick. If they can get by LSU, the table is set for them to go on a very significant run. And you've got Drake May, who people like, and he'll probably be, what, the number two pick in the drafts? Could be, yeah. Um, Michaela Williams is going to go one. Mm-hmm. If it, I mean, he'll, he'll probably go two. So, you know, how good is uh, North Carolina going to be? You know, they're going to be, what, 7-5, and 8-4. and four. It's kind of a so-so team. So people like him. I really a, lot better than, a, lot, a lot better than Frank. I'll give him that. Frank didn't do much for me. This kid, you watch him, you're like, oh, all right, I, I can see why people like him. Mm-hmm. So at least there's something there uh, with, with Drake May a little bit more than Frank was. They do end, or they ended last year on a four-game losing streak, North Carolina did. I think defense is still the, the big question mark for them. They, you know, they lose a few offensive weapons, but 
Overall, because you have your starting quarterback returning one of the best ones in college football, I think that does bode well for them. They have a big game against South Carolina week one. I mean, that's one of the... You, LSU and Florida State is by far the best game of the weekend. That's not until Sunday night. But this North Carolina-South Carolina game is very intriguing to me because I think South Carolina, if you've listened to the podcast over the past few weeks and have been doing the, the conference previews and stuff with Charlie, I'm, I think South Carolina is one of those sneaky teams that if we get the Spencer Rattler of the freshman year at Oklahoma, South Carolina could really do something here and I'm I'm very curious to see how that game goes because I think the winner of that game has a chance to have a very good start to their season or a very good season in total. Um, so th- this game against you know between the Carolinas highly intriguing to me. It's a it's a toss up as far as I'm concerned. There's really not um, I, I I can't lean one way or the other uh, per se. Yeah, North Carolina, they got App State, which is always a dangerous game. Week two, they got the Gophers. Week three, which they should be able to handle them. You know, then they, then they got uh, not much going on. So at the end of the year, they got Clemson and North Carolina State. So if they can get off to a good start, you know, you can look at their first 10 games. They shouldn't lose more than two. They may only lose only one. So that would maybe do good for his Heisman hopes. I have. And Spencer Rattler, hard to believe he's still around. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like this he's is, been around forever. Yeah, final year there um, in South Carolina, uh, transfer from Oklahoma. This is his second year in Columbia. I have North Carolina at ten and zero, headed into that week eight, uh, week, uh, that November eighteenth game against Clemson, and I have them losing back to back games against Clemson and NC State. Well, so yeah, that, that's possible. That's very possible. Uh, or is there another team in the ACC that you're no. intrigued by that you think could maybe make a run? Like people like Miami last year with the new coach. No, Miami's not. I don't think they're any good. Miami I think, will be better. I mean, I don't see a Middle Tennessee State loss. They play Miami this weekend. Miami, Ohio against Miami, Florida. It's the Battle of Miami. Who's the better Miami? Probably Miami, Ohio. <laughs> uh, I used to make 7-5. It's just Miami just hasn't been relevant in, in many, many decades. Yeah, I mean, the FCC, like if Florida State wants to leave this thing, and that's kind of the collapse of the ACC, we'll see what they want to do here. But hey, I feel like this has been a one-team conference for the last decade. Mm-hmm. Clemson and now Florida State seems to be uh, pretty good here, at least this year. Um, so we'll see how long that lasts. So, who do you have in your ACC championship game? Well, these are, are these the, these are not the divisions anymore. These are just the straight up, right? Correct. The, yep. So, I have Florida State, Clemson. Um, that's exciting to have a rematch like that in a championship game. I'll, I'll, I'll take Clemson to win both of those games. Okay. All right. You have Clemson. Winning that one. All right. Uh, let's go then to the Big Ten. Oh, no, Big 12. Let's go to the Big 12 here. Uh, last year with Texas and Oklahoma, uh, welcome new members UCF, BYU, Houston, and Cincinnati. Out of the four teams that are coming in, out of the four new ones, it seems as though UCF is the best um, s- uh, school or best team that's set up for success 
in the Big 12 or you know the one that'll have some sustainable success this year and moving forward I don't really I mean BYU doesn't have you know Jaron Hall anymore so I mean they're coming in with a completely new quarterback and of course they were disappointing last year Houston doesn't have Clayton Toon uh I mean so they're down a quarterback Cincinnati has a new head coach doesn't seem to be very good uh to be breaking in a new quarterback or a new head coach coming into a new conference such as the Big 12. This is intriguing to see all of these teams in here because it's you know, not going to happen uh, very long. People like Texas, I can't, I can't pick Texas at all. Like, how, how many times have we done this with Texas? Too many. What, what is different about their, their quarterbacks? Decent. He's nowhere near what the, the hype surrounding him. You're if, talking if, about if Quinn Ewers, right? Al- if he doesn't get injured in the Alabama game, they probably beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. But, but Quinn Ewers, I don't see him being you know, the, the best quarterback in the country and number one pick. I just see him being being a nice quarterback. I, I no. So so Texas is. You know, fool me once, fool me seventeen times. No, so I mean, TCU was the, was the shocker of all shockers last year. Uh, I like Kansas to be good again. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you, you liked them more than most last year, I think. What did you? I had them at five and seven last year. Yeah, that's, you know, that's in their one-two win team forever. And what they would they win seven seven games last year seven eight. Uh, they were six and seven last year. They made it to a bowl game. They lost that thriller against Arkansas. Yeah. Um, so uh, I like Kansas to be, you know, like like decent. They return arguably the best quarterback in the conference, or certainly one of the top three in Jalen Daniels. A dual threat. That's a, that's big on their part. A lot of people like Texas Tech for some reason. Um, well, we'll see. Kansas State but, should be pretty good again, too. I think I'm going to lean towards Kansas State to do something serious. So, I mean, they were they were good last year. They only, uh, did they uh, did they win the conference? What happened? They did. Yep, they beat TCU because that was TCU's lone loss was in the Big Twelve championship yeah. game, and they then came the playoffs. So, yep. yeah, I mean Kansas State. I I kind of like them. Uh, so let's see. Oklahoma, I think, is going to be bad this year. Again, uh, TCU, I think, will be good, but without Max Duggan and you know Quentin Johnston and several of those pieces that you have to replace, but I think TCU should be good. Don't know what to make of Mike Gundy there. Of course, we have the gambling scandal in Iowa that's affected uh, Iowa State and Iowa. Iowa State starting quarterback uh, isn't going to be there this year. Who knows what we're going to get from Baylor West Virginia is going to be awful as far as I'm concerned. I really think it does come down to... I think UCF will be right in the middle of the mix here, but I would say UCF is going to be one of those teams here that we're going to look at as the best, one of the best teams in the Big 12 here moving forward. It just isn't going to be this year. Uh, I think Kansas State, TCU, Kansas probably are a little better than them. I feel like Texas is the best. Like, this is the... You know, we're, we're waiting for Texas. Are they back? Not the same kind of with Florida State. Texas needs to do it this year. Otherwise, yeah, you leave the Big 12 for the SEC. And if you don't win your conference, if you don't feel good 
about how your season ends here at Texas, leaving the Big 12 for the SEC, you have no shot in the SEC. Like this, how they play this year will tell me if they can be somewhat competitive or not in the SEC. I don't think Oklahoma will be. And you really have to look at these schedules now because, I mean, there's you know, 18, 16, 18 teams in these conferences. Mm-hmm. And you can't play everybody. So it really comes down to the schedule. And who, who misses out on who misses out on playing Ohio State, Michigan? Who doesn't have to play Alabama or LSU or Georgia? Mm-hmm. You know, who misses out on playing Clemson, Florida State? So yeah, you, you look at these. Uh, a lot of it's the schedule with, with, with what these teams have. You look at tech, I mean, I think they're going to uh, you know at Alabama. You know, Alabama's got a lot of questions at quarterback. Um. Texas, Oklahoma, that's, you know, that's always a, a toss-up no matter who's who's playing well at that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Big 12 is, is an intriguing conference because it seems like, you know, once in a while there's a surprising team in that conference, and that's not the case in other conferences. It, it, it gets old. Mm-hmm. Iowa State and Alabama and Georgia and Clemson, you can kind of count on those teams to – to be competitive, to be at the top of the of the list, but the Big Twelve can kind of can kind of be a random list of teams sometimes. Uh, so you who do you have in your Big Twelve championship, and who do you have winning it? Hmm. Or Kansas State in there? I think I have Kansas State winning again. Okay. Um, couple teams I'm considering. I don't know. Texas is off the board. Um, I'm gonna go with UCF. Okay. All right. I like it. So you have them making it in their very first game. All right. UCF schedule not difficult. Nope. They, they open conference play at Kansas State. That's a tough one. They got Baylor at Kansas, at Oklahoma, at Cincinnati, at Texas Tech. No decent teams. They don't have to play Texas. They don't have to play TCU. Um, let's see what UCF can do. Let's go outside the outside the box and go Kansas State, Central Florida. Excellent. Excellent. Let's go to the Big Ten. Um, this is one of those years where it, it, it feels as though Ohio State, it's not Ohio State's conference to win. It's, it's not Ohio State and everyone else. It's Michigan and then Ohio State, or Michigan's right on par with Ohio State. Like, there's not a huge, there's not a wide as wide of a gap between Ohio State and the rest of the, the conference, certainly in the Big Ten East as there has been in previous years. This is the last year of the Big Ten as it is before they add those four Pac-12 schools in there, which sucks, but it's what we have to deal with. Northwestern, we know what's happened there. They're, they're an embarrassment. They won't do much of anything this year. But specifically looking at the East, to me, again, Michigan, back-to-back appearances in the college football playoffs, so that's big. They have the quarterback coming back. Blake Corum at running back is significant. Their defense should be good once again. 
I get that Harbaugh suspended, but they're uh, they have Charmin Ultra Soft non-conference schedule, so that won't be a factor at all. I th- it just seems like it's set up well for Michigan, having beaten Ohio State now in what back-to-back years, to do it again and to find their way in the college football playoff. Yeah, Michigan finally broke through a couple years ago, and I was stunned how they beat Ohio State last year. I At Ohio State. Yep. And they just kicked their ass. Mm-hmm. Um, that was stunning. They're, they're off, and then uh, they didn't play very well in the playoff, but uh, I like their quarterback. I think he's the, the best quarterback they've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that one, oh, that's, uh, that, where, where do we get? McCarthy? Yes, yes, J.J. McCarthy, yes. I think he's he's pretty good. Uh, Blake Corum's an excellent Heisman Trophy type guy. Uh, when he got hurt, their backup was excellent, so their running game is good. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 non-conference. I don't know they played Alabama years ago, but yeah, their non-conference is always very weak, and it seems like that's not held against them at all, really. Even though it you know like a TCU, it might be held against them because. They're TCU, and this is Michigan. Well, but they're also going to have to play more difficult and challenging teams like an Ohio State and a, Are they a Penn State. They got a big game at the end of the year, but you look at this schedule. This again, this is a this is a cupcake cupcake schedule. At at Penn State, that's about it. They host Ohio State. That's it. Well, and those are two teams that you play every year in your division. You know, just because the, the Big Ten West has been so weak mm-hmm. lately, like I, Michigan can sleepwalk to nine and zero. I am, I am waiting. Oh yes, yes, to nine and zero for sure. I am waiting though. Yeah, I, I mentioned that South Carolina is one of those teams I have an eye on that I think could really surprise this year. Give me Maryland in the Big Ten East to really surprise this year. Talia Tagovailoa, Tua's brother is back. Uh, Maryland has a lot of pieces in place. It's all about coming together. And they get Michigan the week before Ohio State. They get Penn State at home. There is a chance here that Maryland could have only one or two losses this year and potentially be that team that represents... It's unlikely because they have to go to Ohio State. But... I, I do think Maryland has a lot of oppor- – they have the greatest opportunity to trip up Michigan and Penn State from achieving their, their goal of getting to the Big Ten uh, championship game. Maryland, I think – let's just well, – I, I really like what Maryland can do this year if it all comes together. Yeah, again, the schedule they got, well, at Ohio State's probably a loss, but other than that, you have the two other games at home, so – you know, you're at home for those games, so you give yourself a shot, but I, I'm not I'm not gonna go gung ho on Maryland. I'll go, you know, maybe eight and four. That's about it. Uh let's see, Penn State breaking in a new quarterback because Sean Clifford is finally not quarterbacking them for the first time in a decade. They do have a very good defense though, headlined by cornerback uh, who's it, Kalen King. Yes, Kalen King. So 
their defense should be really good. It's all going to come down to can they get decent quarterback play, but Penn State should factor into the, the Big Ten East race as well. Yeah, I, I, I usually don't like Penn State just because nothing to do with anything that happened in the past, but I really don't care for Penn State. And, yeah, I think they'll lose to Ohio State, hope they'll lose to Michigan. Might lose one more game. So, yeah, 10-2, 9-3. They'll make a big bowl game. I don't think they're making the playoff. Uh, the rest of the division, I mean, Michigan State, they were so good a couple of years ago. I don't think they'll – they might get a bowl game. Rutgers will be better. Greg Chiano's making them more competitive. Indiana sucks. Like, that's, that's pretty much all there is to it. It really comes down to the big three, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. And I'm still going to keep Maryland lurking in there because I think they're going to be a factor – in who finishes in first they won't be in first but they will be a factor in who finishes it on the west side of things wisconsin has a new head coach and it's a different philosophy luke fickle is there they're going to throw the ball a little bit more it appears they aren't going to be the ground and pound wisconsin team that we've known that they they can be purdue has a new head coach uh after jeff brom left uh, that's the defensive coordinator from illinois brett bielema did a great job you have matt rule a new head coach in, in Nebraska, uh, Iowa, maybe they have an offense. They do have uh, a, a new quarterback here now, uh, the former guy at Michigan. Was it, uh, was it not McCarthy? Who was who it here? Uh, Cade McNamara. Cade McNamara. Uh, so we'll see if Iowa can oh, put up. No. He went to Iowa. Holy buckets. So we'll see if oh. Iowa can put up more points per game than they had uh, punts per game. This year. Play Iowa and Wisconsin. Kind of boring. But I like Luke Fickle. I think it's going to be Wisconsin. They've had a couple of tough years. Mm-hmm. But I think they'll turn it around. I think it'll be very good at Wisconsin. And it kind of comes down to Wisconsin and Iowa. And uh, games at Wisconsin. So I like Wisconsin to win... Win the Big Ten West. Do you give Minnesota, uh, Traxler's Gophers, my Gophers, any chance? No. Okay. Very good. Very good. Uh, your Big Ten championship is who? Michigan, Wisconsin. And the winner? Michigan's your winner. All right. Very I'm interested in Nebraska. You hear a lot about them because of where we live, but... Um, I feel like they got to win one of these first two at Minnesota and at Colorado. I feel like they got to win one of those. Mm-hmm. They've got Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech after that before they host Michigan. So, you know, a 4-0 start would be nice. You got to go at least three and one. You got to make the bowl game. Yep. It's going to be yeah. Well, be... It's a tough schedule. It's a tough schedule for Nebraska this year. So you do not even if they only, win, even if they only get five wins, they'll make a bowl game. It's It'll still be okay. You rarely see a Power 5 team starting the year with back-to-back road games, albeit one of them is a conference game. But you rarely see that, and that's what Nebraska has this year. The final year, and it pains me to say this, it's the final year of the Pac-12. It sucks. This is arguably, though, the best that the Pac-12 has been in years. You have Caleb Williams at USC, Michael Penix Jr. at Washington, Bo Nix at Oregon. 
like uh, you have Cameron Rising, who sounds like he's not going to play against Florida. That hopefully Utah can still escape the Gators in that one. I mean, I I think Oregon State is going to be a big surprise this year. DJ Uyugale is the starter there. I think he's going to do a lot of good things with the Beavers. If I had told you last year that Oregon State had ten wins, how shocked would you be to learn that? In the preseason? Last year, like, if I told you, uh, if I had you guess what Oregon State's record was last year, what would you have said it was? Nine and four. Ten and three. And that's unfair because there's a guy at work who his favorite team is Oregon State. So Really? That's random. But He, uh, he loves Nebraska. He's from Nebraska. But he also lived in Oregon, and he roots for the Beavers. Okay. So. But this, so Oregon, I heard about Oregon. They know they beat Florida in the bowl game. Uh, four, yes, yep, crushed them thirty to three. And they, and that Oregon Oregon State game was probably as important as it's been in twenty years. Yes. So yeah, Oregon they had a nice nice little year. I think Oregon State is poised to potentially. Uh, they could uh, again. They're not gonna. They're not gonna finish first, but they're gonna be a big factor once again in this as well. Outside of the Big Four, Oregon State can maybe pound on the door. Maybe they can sneak in ahead of of Utah there. But this is seriously the the best conference for quarterback play, certainly at the top that we're gonna see out of any conference this year in all of college football. The issues with USC still are defense. We saw that last week against San Jose State. They gave up 28 points. So nothing has really changed on on that side of things, it appears. But they still have Caleb Williams, and that uh, that is a factor for something. I think Washington is the most complete team. Michael Penix Jr. was great, great last year. Second year with uh, head coach Kalen DeBoer in that offense. That's going to do some marvelous things. And Bo Nix is outstanding uh, at Oregon. If he doesn't get hurt last year against Washington, hurts his ankle, Oregon may have been in the college football playoff. They may have beat Washington. They may have beat uh, Oregon State. Uh, so I Oregon, to me, is a, a very intriguing team as well. I think you're getting at least one team from the college football playoff, or one team from the Pac-12 in the college football playoff, Assuming they don't all cannibalize each other and get two losses. I hate Bo Nix. Why? Because he sucks something fierce at, at Auburn. He was an awful quarterback at Auburn. And he's gotten a lot better at, uh, at Oregon. If, if he is some sort of a top pick in the draft... He will be my guy who I beat next year. Okay, he'll be your Mitch Trubisky, your Frank Trubisky. Jake Locker, dumb shit in with the Jets. Zach Wilson. Like so, so what? 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 I mean, how do you go from being pretty bad at Oregon or at Auburn to? Being pretty good at Oregon. Is that the system? Coaching, weapons. Um, Lack of competition, perhaps. Easier uh, competition. Is his completion percentage jumped 10 points? I think it has he, to do with the weapons. I don't think it, Auburn didn't have a very good team around him. No. So I, I'm off Bo next. I don't like Oregon at all. Okay. I got a lot of Oregon stuff. I'm wearing Oregon shorts right now, but I don't like them. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, so, I mean, um, no, no to Oregon. I, I like, U, USC was my team last year. New coach, new quarterback. Offense was excellent. Defense was awful. Mm-hmm. And they had their shot, and they let it slip away who they lose to. Utah, Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, and then they lost to Tulane. Twice. Uh, first one was close, second one not as close, so um, I like Washington. I like Washington in the USC, not sure I'm picking either for the playoff, but goodbye, Pac-12. And I'm, I'm, I'm Colorado, interested to see what Colorado has up their sleeve. I hope Prime stinks as a head coach at Colorado. I hope they're awful. Well, we only have what to go with off of what he did at Jackson State, but with his kid's the quarterback, he brings in these transfers. Mm-hmm. Brings it almost only in the entire Jackson State team. Um, tough start to the year with TCU, Nebraska, Oregon, USC in the first month. That's a that's a rough stretch, but. I think they can beat Arizona or Washington State or Stanford or Arizona State. I think they might win a bowl game or might get to a bowl game. So they can maybe go 6-6. Six and six. You think Colorado's going to go 6-6. Six and six. Okay. I think they beat Colorado State. Yeah. Um, Nebraska is certainly winnable. I think they beat Stanford. I think they beat Arizona. I think they beat Washington State, and maybe they beat Arizona State. Okay. Maybe they stun the world and beat TCU. I I doubt it. I think they're a three-touchdown underdog. But I definitely see five five wins. Arizona State, to me, I feel bad for those players because the the school uh, self-imposed a bull ban for this season. It was just announced last week not the player's fault, it's Herm Edwards' fault. Why do the players suffer because of this? Uh, the system's got to be fixed in that regard. So I don't know where Arizona State, where their mindset's going to be headed into this year. Yeah, you feel like you should penalize the coach, but then that coach may never coach again. Right. So it's kind of up to the school to not hire these type of guys. So... Yeah, kind of the way it is, unfortunate, because maybe these people didn't have anything to do with it. And they just announced it last week. Like, shouldn't this have been announced earlier so recruits would know or, like, you could enter the transfer portal ahead of time to be? That's, it's just not right. Well, yeah, a little late in the game, but that's what they do. Uh, Who do you have in your Pac-12 championship game? This is all one big conference again, isn't it? it Yes, it is. Um, USC and Washington. All right. With, uh, uh, they play in the regular season. They do. It's in um, SoCal. I'll go USC. USC. All right. Very good. Final conference is the SEC. Uh, no surprise, you know, this is the best conference in all of college football. You have the back-to-back national champions and the Georgia Bulldogs here. Significant question marks at quarterback for many teams uh, in the SEC, including Georgia, because the Stetson Bennett, the fourth era, uh, all 10 years of it is done. Um, 
you're going to start some guy named Carson Beck, but they are loaded everywhere. They lost a lot of guys to the draft, and they just reload. Um, Brock Bowers is the best tight end in the country. So Georgia and their schedule is super soft apart from that uh, November 18th at Tennessee. That's their most difficult game. Um, you know, it's specifically related to the East. I've mentioned I, li I like what South Carolina could potentially be. I think Florida's in for a disappointing year this year. Vanderbilt, we'll see what they can do on the road to competitiveness. Uh, Tennessee, Joe Milton III, he's going to be outstanding. But you just wonder if Tennessee's maybe lost a little bit too much on offense between Jalen Hyatt and Hendon Hooker. But we'll see. Milton is uh, is very good. But uh, Tennessee will be a factor in this division. But ultimately, until they lose a game or lose the division, it's got to be Georgia. No, I don't like Georgia either, but they won two national titles. So I can't. You can't. And they've been pretty goddamn dominant. They've beaten Alabama. They've beaten Ohio State. They've beaten everybody, so I can't. I mean, there's really no argument against them at this point. They are, they're number one. They're deserving of that. And as you said, their schedule is very terrible. Just horseshit. The just is. The old miss at the end of the year at Tennessee. You know, just. And they're going to be dominant, I assume, and it's just, you know, that's, it seems like some teams' schedules are held against them and some teams are not. Mm -hmm. Michigan, we see Michigan, there's nothing there. You know, they got Penn State and Ohio State, that's it. Yep. And Georgia, like what is, Georgia's got Tennessee, Florida is not any good anymore. That, uh, you know, things might change once you get more a more even schedule but a more diverse schedule and rather playing Vanderbilt and you know Missouri every year uh, meanwhile that other side that west is ridiculous yeah so well let's talk about the west I mean so it's almost Georgia by default there in the east but on the west you know Alabama for the first time in a, a number of years is facing a big quarterback question uh you saw some wide receivers Go to me again for Alabama. It's not uh, a rebuild. It's re it's restocking. It's retooling. They'll be fine, but I don't know if the, this Alabama team has a lot of doubts about it this year. Like if they can are, are they better than LSU? Are they better than maybe even an Ole Miss? Uh, are they better than Tennessee or Georgia in the in the East? Alabama can silence a lot of doubters this year, but I just, they'll be good. I just don't think they're going to be Alabama level good. I think they have a couple of losses in the regular season here and don't even factor into the the college football playoff. A couple of things that don't really matter because they happened in the past and that's no indication of what's going to happen in the future is when Alabama hasn't been highly ranked and what are they, fourth? Yeah. So I guess that for Alabama, it's not highly ranked, not one or two. Mm -hmm. uh, they've usually done well. And uh, with Georgia, the only other time they were number one, they fell flat on their face. That doesn't mean really anything here. I don't like the Alabama quarterback situation. Their, their backup who came in last year was not great. 
Jalen Milrow. Yeah, so I assume you'll get some of the time here early on, and we'll see if they go to somebody else. But I don't like their, their quarterback situation. And it seems like, yeah, they're just, just not the number one team like Georgia seems to be right now. So, yeah, you definitely got to know people like LSU. I think, you know, that's probably the the team that can knock them off after kind of an awful start to the year that LSU drew really, really turned out at the end. Mm-hmm. And um, want to know if Tennessee gets to play Alabama again, and Georgia doesn't. So it's, it's kind of hard when you have to play Alabama every year. Well, Tennessee does it because it's a natural rival, I guess, for them. It shouldn't be. Um, Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M, how much do you love them this year? Oh, I love them about as much as the fucking Angels. (laughs) Jimbo Fisher. Jesus Christ. Where where were they ranked? Like eight? Five? Where were they ranked? They were in the top ten. So fucking, did they even make a bowl game? No, no, they did not. What a joke. Five and seven. What a joke. Uh, no. I No, I don't like them at all. I think they're going to lose. Uh, probably go six and six. What a joke. I mean, you got Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. He's going to turn out. A, like He's got Spencer Sanders in there at quarterback as well if they don't, you know, outside of Jackson Dart. Uh, so we could see multiple quarterbacks uh, being played per, in a game. For Ole Miss, we'll see. I mean, R.I.P. to the Pirate again. No Mike Leach anymore. He passed away last year for the bowl game. So this is going to be, it's going to suck not seeing uh, him on the sidelines at Mississippi State. So we'll see how that factors in or how that changes things. Arkansas, K.J. Jefferson is arguably the best, you know, second best quarterback in the SEC or maybe third best. I don't know. I mean, I really like Jaden Daniels at LSU. Brian Kelly did a magnificent job there last year after it started out a little rough. Can he keep the momentum for this year? That's the big question, I think, for LSU. And it starts hard right out of the gate with a game against Florida State. But if you look at LSU's schedule here, they have to go to Alabama, but maybe this is a year to go to Alabama. They And maybe their, most, their remaining difficult game is at Ole Miss at the end of September. Otherwise, it's pretty pretty smooth sailing for LSU if they can get through Florida State, Ole Miss, and Alabama. Seems like whenever LSU is really good in a national championship team, they have a hellacious schedule. What they did with Joe Burrow a couple of years ago, I don't know if they're the best team I've ever seen, I guess maybe offensively, but... Got I think right what that's what, what, what they the teams they beat mm-hmm. and how they beat them that was maybe the most impressive thing I've seen. Mm-hmm. And of course, 2021, 2020, yep. whatever that was. 2020. Yep. Well, you had what Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson on the same team. Was that right? Yes. I mean, that's you know two. Hall of Fame receivers on the same team with a Hall of Fame quarterback? Has that ever happened before? I don't know. A Hall of Fame quarterback with two Hall of Fame receivers in college. Wow. Um, don't sleep on the Army game on October 21st, Dak. That's true. I hear the Army can bring their tanks and guns to that game and shoot them. 
Oh, and it's outside. Come on. So, um, I don't like their quarterback, Jalen Daniels. Well, he came from uh, Arizona, Arizona State. And he's, he's gotten better. You know, doesn't doesn't do a ton for me. He runs quite he, he runs quite a bit. He's exciting. So, like, there's nothing week one. What is this Sunday night? This Florida State game? Yes. Yep. It's the game of the week without question. That's really the only game I'm interested in. Um, yeah, LSU. They're they're right there. Well, they were. I think they'll be a popular pick because Alabama just. This doesn't seem like they are they are Alabama. Um all right, so SEC championship game, who do you like in the SEC championship game? I like LSU to beat Tennessee. All right. You got Tennessee in there over Georgia. I got ten, uh, Georgia's at Tennessee and I think they beat them. Okay. I, I like it. I like it. I, I wanted to go there. I really did. I, I just couldn't. Um, so, and do you have any thoughts on Notre Dame? Sam Hartman transferred there from Wake Forest. Uh, do you see Notre Dame factoring into the college football playoff? I mean, they they have games at home against USC and Ohio State. Road games at Clemson, at Notre, uh, at North Carolina State. That could kind of determine their season. But Notre Dame is a very intriguing team this year, I think. Yeah, they can win some games only there because they got. Does any team have three games like that? No, I don't think so. Is that the best? I mean, Ohio State, USC, Clemson. Is that the three best? And like all three of those teams could be in the playoffs. Yes, yes, or be right there. So um, they play my Tennessee State squad next week, so it'll be tough. Um. You know, Ohio State, kind of like Alabama, it's like, hey, who's who's going to be their quarterback? And um, I think they could maybe knock off Ohio State. USC is going to be tough at Clemson. So I'm going to say no to Notre Dame. Maybe they go 9-3. and three. You know, terrible start last year. Then they turn things around. But, you know, Sam Hartman's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe 10-2 and two if they can win one of those. So they might... Might go to a big bowl game, but probably, probably not to the big ones. No. Uh, okay, so let's go then to your New Year's Six Bowl games here. Let's start with the Cotton Bowl. At-large versus at-large here. Who do you like in the Cotton Bowl? Oh, boy, let's see here. Well, Cotton Bowl. What do we got here? Where are we at? Cotton Bowl. Give me your cotton bowl. I am going with Texas against Tulane. That's the Tulane representing the non-group of five and Texas uh, winners of the Big 12. Cotton bowl. Okay. And Tulane. All right. I'll go with that. All right, I like that. How about the Peach Bowl? Two at-large teams here. 
I'll go with Central Florida. And Washington. Ooh, that would be intriguing. You know, UCF did win. Uh, they were national champions when they beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl uh, a few years back. How about the Orange Bowl? This is the ACC versus the Big Ten slash SEC slash Notre Dame. Ohio State versus Florida State. Okay. Ooh, that would be good. Okay. How about your Fiesta Bowl? Could you have a... There, yeah, no. Well, shit. Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, Kansas State, maybe? No, let's go, let's go Kansas State. And... Maybe a Pac-12 or a Big Ten school. Kansas State versus Notre Dame. Okay, excellent. I, too, have Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. All right. How about that? your college football playoff, your four teams, who's playing in the Rose Bowl? Michigan. And what seed? As a do you, do you have the seeds or no? The one seed. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> Michigan is the one seed. They play Georgia. Okay. Ooh, that would so be. Georgia gets in the playoff without getting into the. Did Mitch McConnell freeze up again? Oh, no. Um, so Georgia gets in without getting into the SEC title game. Their one loss is to Tennessee, but they still get it. Okay, I like that. How about your Sugar Bowl, then? I have a feeling I know it, but uh, I'll, I'll let you reveal it. What do you think it is? I think it's going to be LSU versus USC. LSU and Clemson. Whoa, Okay. Getting back on the bandwagon. Tigers. USC, I guess I left them out of the mix here. Um, have I, did I put in any Pac-12 teams in this thing? Washington, I guess? Washington in the Peach Bowl, yes. Yeah. Do you want USC in the Fiesta Bowl instead of Notre Dame? Mm. Well, so I had Fiesta Bowl at Kansas State. Yes. USC. Yeah, go with that. Sure. Okay. Like that change. All right. Very good. Uh, so you have Michigan versus Georgia and LSU versus Clemson. Who do you have in the natty and who do you have winning it all? I really like Michigan, but it's they've been so, they just played so poor in the playoffs. I think we're going to get, uh, we're going to do LSU Georgia. Oh, Okay. All right. Two teams that are not going to play in the regular season. They're going to not play in the SEC title game. Um, do you just go all in here on LSU? You can if you want. Ryan Kelly. I like LSU. They're probably my 
first or second favorite team. Them and Clemson are probably my top two. Mm-hmm. Um, why not? So let's go LSU over Georgia. I mean, winning three, but the Gophers in the 30s were the last team to win three in a row. That they were. So it hasn't happened in modern times since goddamn before yeah. FDR could walk. Right. Well, I think he could still walk then, couldn't he? Who? FDR was walking then. Yeah, I think he was. Before he, before he could not walk. Before Hitler was ruling the world, so. So let's go LSU, Georgia. Excellent. Hopefully, Kim, hopefully, hopefully the, the beautiful Kim Mulkey is there. I'm sure she will be. <laughs> All right. Let's go with that. Let's go. LSU, Georgia. LSU. Th- LSU knocks them off. LSU thwarts a Georgia three-peat. And who do you have winning the Heisman Trophy this year? J.J. McCarthy. All right. We all... Blake Orm. Blake Orm and the Ray Mac are going to be a uh, close second. Teammates. Have a teammates ever finished one-two? I'm not <laughs> sure. Tough to do, but... Let's have we, that Charlie and I both think that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be in New York. Um, we all have three. We have three different Heisman Trophy winners. Charlie has Bo Nix. I have Caleb Williams. Oh my God! Oh my God, Charlie! Charlie Hilton, for fucking Christ! Oh. Oh. I, have, I have Caleb Williams repeating, and you have JJ McCarthy from Michigan. We should note that the national champion Jackrabbits kick off their season Thursday night against Western Oregon, and they should win that game handedly. The big game is against Montana State uh, the following Saturday. What do we? What are we? The odds that we are giving the Jackrabbits to repeat as national champions? It's still so weird to say like the Jackrabbits are national champions. Can they repeat? You get Jimmy Rogers in there, new head coach. John Stiglmeyer retired, but the bulk of the team is returning. They seem to be the prohibitive favorites at the FCS level. What do we think? Do the Jackrabbits repeat? What What are you excited about for this season from them? If Mark Gronowski doesn't get hurt, they would have won two in a row. Mm-hmm. It's not 100%, but I think it's pretty close. I don't know if they're going to run the table. I mean, they're they're at USD. Does that scare you? No, not this. No, no. They're going to remember what happened. So no. They host North Dakota State, and if North Dakota State wants to get back there, they're going to have to come to Brookings in the playoffs. You know what scares me the most? Hobo Day against Northern Iowa. Okay. Because we never do well against Northern Iowa on Hobo Day. Montana State week two. That's 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 tough. That is, yep. I say if they lose a game this year, it's Montana State Week 2. Okay. I think they're going to win again. As long as the quarterback stays healthy, I think 75% shot. It should be another exciting year for them. I mean, the, 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 the fervor, the excitement, the buzz around this team, around SDSU in general is is big it's the biggest it's ever been and you know after that national i I always said that you know a win in march madness i think does more for a school than the fcs national championship but 
maybe that's just on a larger national scale, perhaps, but what SDSU, what it's done, what the national championship win at the FCS level has done for SDSU at a local level, at a you know state level, whatever, is absolutely incredible. Uh, the support, the the excitement, the 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 attention, the you know people are gobbling up news and whatnot. So it's excellent for every for all parts of the university here, and hopefully they deliver again. And we could very well see College Game Day return to Brookings this year if everything goes well. That would be for the North Dakota State game or one more bit? That would be my guess. Uh, would be North Dakota State, though, if I'm look, I believe that is uh, November 4th. And if I'm looking here at the at, at the November 4th games, uh, let's pull up the schedule here. Not that he's a dark horse, but the Clemson quarterback for a Heisman will be candidate. Okay, Cade Klubnik, I like that. Um, let's see here. No, that first week in November, we have LSU at Alabama, Washington at USC, Kansas State at Texas. So I'm going to say no for college game day. There, there are just too many good, um, too many good games potentially. As it's as it's right now, too many good games at that um, yeah. at that point here. I'm just making sure that, that yeah, and it's against North Dakota State on November fourth. So I'm gonna say no, but maybe somewhere else down the line. Maybe maybe week two when Montana State comes. Because let's uh, no be no they will though that that never mind because that's Texas at Alabama. So never mind there. Nope, never mind. Unlikely they'll come here, you know, so there's usually, like, you know, that one odd location that they have every year. Mm-hmm. So. It is. Uh, it might, might be a few years. Keep winning national championships and they'll come back. Uh, yeah. Should be a good year again for Jackrabbit football. Anything else regarding college football that we need to get to? It just seems like a quiet start to the year. There's not that big matchup early on. Not until Sunday night. Sunday night, that'll be interesting to see. And even week two, there's really not much, I don't think. So, yeah, kind of the end of this era of college football. Mm-hmm. What are we, a uh, couple years of the 12-team playoff? I think next year, maybe. Is next year the 12-team playoff, so... Yeah, we waited so long for a playoff. What are we, 10 years into it or so? Yep. So, yeah, uh, things are changing, some for the better, some for the worse. So this will be the the end of, uh, and maybe the, the last chance for certain teams to get in a playoff some. some I mean, they're, they're, a 12-team playoff will be easier to get into, but how many of those spots are going to go to the Big Ten and the SEC? All right. I'm going to say most of the changes are for the worse, but that that's just me. Uh, yeah, any... We've gotten to the point where the SEC sometimes gets two teams in. Mm-hmm. Big, Ten got, what, Big Ten got two teams in last year? Yes. So most years, the SEC is going to get probably at least three, mm-hmm. probably if not four. 
the Big Ten is probably going to get three teams in. So I'd say more. And you know, you got to factor, you know, Oklahoma, Texas. Are they going to be a factor? I don't think so. You know, USC, Washington, these teams, Oregon that come in. Mm-hmm. Half the field is probably going to be those two conferences. Yes. One would imagine. So, that'll be interesting. Well, uh, anything else we need to get to before we say so long? No, it's about it. It's going to be hot. It is. Five-set volleyball match, first volleyball match of the year. took two hours. It was was good. went five sets. Mitchell win? Mitchell lost to Huron in the volleyball. Ah, son of a... And, um... Sturgis, we'll see how that works out. How bad did, <laughs> Mitchell, how bad did Mitchell lose last week to Yankton? 42-0. E. All right. Well, it, it can only get better here. You can only score more points uh, against Sturgis. So hopefully you're calling the first win of the year for the Mitchell Colonels out in Sturgis. It'll be Sturgis. Might be a while till their first win. So. Well, hopefully... They get that win for you, and yeah, it should be fun. So, um, yeah, you have safe travels out there. Stay cool, as cool as you can be. Enjoy your Labor Day uh, weekend, and then uh, next week, big NFL season preview podcast. Here we go, folks. Here we go. All right. Yes, indeedy. All right. Very good. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. We'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time as always. Great stuff there. And there you have it for his playoff. He has Michigan versus Georgia in the Rose Bowl, LSU versus Clemson in the Sugar Bowl, no USC in there. And he has LSU beating Georgia in the national championship. So we have three. Ooh, spoiler alert. Do we have three different national champions? I don't know. Said we have three different Heismans between him, Charlie, and myself. We'll talk to Charlie next, get his predictions, and I'll unveil my full uh, uh, layout of winners in the championship games as well as the New Year's Six Bowl games and the playoff teams as well. So look forward to that. Get uh, We're going to talk about that all next with Charlie as we continue here on the Sports Block Podcast, our final College football season preview extraordinaire. Follow us. Uh, follow. Uh, you can find this podcast on podcast.com. Also on iTunes. Just search a sports block. Follow me on X at ND Stacking. Travis is on there at Travis Crins. Facebook Nathan Stacking. The link to the podcast post is middle to later part of each week. Coming up next, though, Charlie Hildebrand giving us his uh, final predictions as well as I unveil mine here on who's going to win it all in college football this year. That's coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com and on iTunes. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, we finally have made it. College football is beginning officially, unofficially it started last week, officially it starts this week. So we are just continuing with the predictions and everything ahead of the season. And who better to do that with than my good friend from the Northwest Iowa Review. It's Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are we doing? I'm doing really good. I'm doing very good. I mean, I'm doing better than Pac-12 fans, the 48 of them that were able to watch USC play on Saturday. Yes. I don't like anyone else was. I said this at work and didn't mean it as a joke, but it ended up having people laugh. It kind of works as one. 
But it was just like, oh, yeah, I wanted to watch USC. I forget who they even played San Jose State. That's right. And I was like, oh, I want to watch that game. That was the day I got back from visiting my sister in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this would be great. I'll watch this. I was like, oh, it already started. Let me scroll through my parents' YouTube TV and find it. I was like, I don't see it here. Let me check online. It's like, oh, it's on the Pac-12 network. I was like, oh, that's why all the Pac-12 teams are leaving for different conferences and the two conference commissioners are one got fired and the other one's going to get fired. So now it makes more sense. Yep, indeed. Well, let's just start there. Week zero in the books. Not a whole lot took place, but Sam Hartman looked the part for Notre Dame over in Ireland against Navy, albeit it was against Navy. Um... USC, Caleb Williams, looks the part again, you know, defending his Heisman Trophy win. USC's offense is going to be great, but the same questions are going to come up about their defense. That didn't get answered at all in week one. Hawaii almost came back to beat Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt survived. I don't know what that says about Clark Lee and his squad this year. How about UMass going out to Las Cruces and beating New Mexico State? Include in this game, probably at the play of the weekend with the quarterback who had his face ma- or his face uh, helmet turned around so we couldn't see and he throws a pass. I don't know if he completed it or not, but it's still the best play of the weekend. Uh any any t- big takeaways from week zero? Um, the game I watched the most of was Ohio and San Diego State, and I wish they, uh, Ohio's quarterback would, or starting quarterback wouldn't have gotten hurt or beyond. That may have changed things. And Ohio still had the ball at the end with the chance to tie the game and send it to overtime. Um, I would imagine San Diego State will be good this year. I think Notre Dame and USC will be good. I don't remember everyone that played on Saturday, but I don't know if anyone else that played will be all that good this year. So that was Curtis Rourke, right, for Ohio that got injured? Yeah, he was the one that got hurt. I don't remember the backup's name. C.J. Harris? That could be it. He didn't play great. Now, granted, you know, when you're not the starter and you get forced in because of an injury, it's tough to be like, hey, how come you didn't, you know, complete 80% of your passes, but... And San Diego State's good. They've got a tough defense most of the time. I mean, and it's on the road. I mean, it was not an ideal backup quarterback spot. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully Ohio survives because they do appear to be one of the best teams, if not the best team in the MAC. Um, but uh, I gotta admit, as I'm going through all these, you know, my my predictions and whatnot for the year. I don't feel great about it. I really do believe we're going to see a little bit of chaos. And in fact, I really wanted to pick a couple of different teams for my college football playoff that I ultimately just couldn't proceed with with pulling the trigger on. So we'll see what what you end up doing or what you have in store here. Um, So if without further ado, if you're ready to go into this, uh, or do you have any... I guess before we get to our predictions here, what are you most excited about week one? You have college game day and stuff. No big and rich. Uh, they're uh, they're no longer doing the college game day uh, um, opening song. I think that was big and rich, wasn't it? I believe so. Uh, apparently, it's a new bands doing it. So yay, uh, college game day, uh, fucking with more shit. Uh, pardon <laughs> my French. Um, you know we have no David Pollock this year. Gene Wojcikowski's not there, so. Uh, Lee, Lee Corso's back, so they're just messing with everything here. But uh, week one, what are you most excited about? 
I don't think there's any one specific game I'm most ex- excited about. I mean, obviously, I'm excited for South Dakota State, defending champs, yes. represent. Um, I'm intrigued for Nebraska and Minnesota. I don't think that's going to be like an appealing game. I mean, I think there's a good chance it'll be close. It really sucks but that I both think of those... it'll be. I think it'll be like 16 to 13 or something like that. You it's, know, it sucks that both of those games are on Thursday night. I like that SDSU opening up on Thursday night, but for it to be at the same time, it's like, oh god, I I want my focus to be on the Jacks, but you have this big Gophers Nebraska game on Fox. It's going to be tough. Yeah. And, like, I understand it. I mean, I feel pretty confident South Dakota State's going to win handily. They're, lose, they're big games in week two. Yeah, if they lose to Western Oregon, let's, like, maybe we can just forget about the, the back-to-back national championship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah agreed. Um, but aside from, I mean, I'm looking forward to those two games. But the biggest thing I'm looking forward to, and I probably said this before, I feel like college football, just because, you know, there's there's fewer regular season you know, they only, I mean, I know there's games besides Saturday, but basically there's just games once a week on Saturday. There's the fewest days with a lot of games on it than any other sport, you know. Mm-hmm. Football has more, or the NFL has more regular season weeks, and every other sport plays so many more games that there's just more opportunities. So I kind of feel like each Saturday for college football season is kind of like Christmas to a degree. And specifically, I mean, that's fun. And the other thing is just that there will be, I don't know who. There's probably going to be one or two ranked teams that lose, though. Some that'll be like, I can't believe this team lost. That's super weird. And it'll be because they're, you know, ranked 14th and they end up going 5-7 and seven this year. And then there's going to be other games where, the you know, the underdog doesn't pull off an upset. But it's like, oh, my God, can you believe that LSU's only up by three in the fourth quarter over whoever they're playing? Mm-hmm. And they're maybe even playing someone good. I don't remember. But yeah. there's just always, like, Oh yeah, I forgot how much fun this is when it's working. Uh, LSU, you know, there will be some some quarterback that gets hot in a close game that we wouldn't normally care about, but it's close. So we're like, oh wow, I didn't think I'd be watching this game. I think some running is, back will go for two hundred and thirty yards and four touchdowns. I think that's the best game of the weekend is LSU against Florida State, neutral site in Orlando. Ah, uh, that's right. That yeah. was a bad choice. But I should have said I, I should have said like Tennessee or yes. you know Texas A and M. Yep. Someone like that, it'll be. I, mean, I don't mean specifically the SEC or Kansas, but just State someone will against... be like, "Wow, how come? How come Alabama's only up eleven early in the fourth quarter? This is weird." Yeah, like Georgia against UT Martin or Kansas State yeah. against Southeast Missouri State. Uh, the only problem with LSU and Florida State, or actually maybe it's a good thing, is that it is in prime time on Sunday night. I like how Labor Day, you get more games throughout the weekend. And this week, especially, or this year, I should say, we actually get multiple games on Sunday. They've This is something that college football has not done a whole lot of in the past, but this year I think we have three games on Sunday. Two are on CBS, and one of them features Rutgers and Northwestern, which is just an abomination of, an, of a game. But that uh, that aside, you get Oregon State and San Jose State, and then you have the big one on ABC, LSU against Florida State. The game of the weekend, by far. Um, Duke-Clemson rounded out on, on Labor Day night. But to me, this feel... It, it's great that college football's back because we get to 
you know, just forget for at least a little bit about conference realignment and how this is the last year of the Pac-12 and we still don't have homes for Oregon State and Washington State. Uh, Stamper and Cal maybe going to the ACC. We don't know, like, that needs to get resolved here sooner rather than later, but it's just like these these teams are in limbo. I feel bad, but at least we can just focus on the play on the field, which is great. But in looking at this week one slate, we don't have very many games that are uh, as appealing, like putting good teams against one another in a neutral site that we've seen in previous years. LSU Florida State is by far the best one of the weekend. I mean, for goodness sakes, college game day is going to be in Charlotte for North Carolina and South Carolina, which is intriguing, don't get me wrong, but that's not normally a, oh my God, I have to see this game. Like, this is the game that college game day should be going to because it, it's just not. So it, it feels to me like this year, there isn't a very good slate for week one that we are accustomed to seeing in years past. Uh, I think in general that's true. I think the bunch of big games in week one has only really been a thing in the last like, seven or eight years. Because it used to be half the teams in the country would open the season with an FCS team. Sure, right. Yep. Um, and there's still some of that. I will say that like, if you're going to have a week slate, week one's the best time to do it. Because the NFL hasn't started, at least real games haven't started. Mm-hmm. And it's the easiest to just be like, hey, we're just excited this is back on. And there's just always going to be, I mean, not like in week eight or ten when you're in conference play, but there's just always going to be weird weeks where you're just like, oh, hey, there's not that many good games. You just find like, oh, hey, there were actually some entertaining ones I found. Yes. I mean, that's the upside of being able to access, you know, 60 games over a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it would be more fun if there were more big games. I'm not going to dispute that at all, but the upside is I think it's less of a problem than week one than it is if, like, week three or four is really bad. And it's just like, oh, man, why are there so many bad games this week? Right, right. And there, it's just more the excitement. And here, we could potentially, it's it's one of those weeks where we could see a lot of upsets. Like, hey, Miami of Ohio going down to, to South Florida to take on Miami. The Battle of Miami. Who's going to be the better Miami? Uh, I mean, you got, uh, I mean, what if Virginia knocks off Tennessee? It's not going to happen. Uh, we have Prime's. Uh, coaching debut with Colorado against TCU. That's a, a big game. Maybe Iowa will score more than 10 points uh, in their week one game against Utah State. They're, they're somehow 25-point favorites. Um, go figure. But uh, I mean, there's I, I'm stealing this joke from someone at work. I mean, full, full disclosure. But, I mean, there's all this Iowa-Iowa State gambling stuff. Maybe Brian Ferentz is betting unders on every game, and that's why their offense is so bad. As he's like, hey, I'm cashing in every week. That is a legit possibility. And it's not just the nepotism that makes him a bad coach. He's actually playing the under. I mean, it's worth thinking about. Do I think that's the case? No, but it's something that when I heard it, I was like, wait, how did I not think of this before? Right, right. Uh, If there is one game this week or one team that you think should be on upset alert, who would that be? That's a good question. I do not have the slate pulled up, so I'm just kind of slowly talking and vamping a bit here as I pull up the scores page on ESPN so I can, you know, scroll through and see some stuff. Because obviously picking Florida State or LSU wouldn't count. Because even if one, you know, if Florida State winning is an upset, that's not big enough. I mean, you mean like something where you're like, oh, wow, 
Um, I don't think it'll happen, although it could. I think Utah's better than Florida. I think Florida almost always is going to have more raw talent than Utah, though, especially at the skill spots. So since it's at home, I think Utah will win. I do think that one could get odd. Um, and yeah, Utah's a six-and-a-half-point favorite, so that would be an upset. Here's one. Central Michigan and Michigan State. Whenever you're the big school, and I understand mm-hmm. Michigan's a bigger deal than Michigan State is, mm-hmm. but Michigan State's still a Power 5 school, and you're playing a smaller in-school state who probably has loads of guys who wish they would have gotten scholarship offers to Michigan State. We see it all the time when Iowa or Iowa State play you and I, and you and I usually lose this, but there's lots of times where it's like, wow, you and I is only down by three late in the fourth quarter against Iowa. What's going on right here? So that would be one of them. Um, I'm at least on to Saturday now. Yep. And Iowa State hosts you and I on Saturday, that as was, I see that. that was so one I of think for that me. would be definitely one. Yep, that was, that was one of the three that I had. Uh, the other ones being, I guess... I guess I have four because Boise State against Washington. Don't that was the next one I was going to say. Yep, I think Washington's better. Also, you know, I realize that Chris Peterson is no longer the head coach at Boise State. We've seen this so many times, though. We're Pac-12 team host Boise State. It's like, oh well, Boise State's good. This other team's going to win now. And all of a sudden, we're like, huh? Boise State won by seventeen points there. I don't Mm -hmm. think they're going to beat Washington by seventeen. I can see them winning by four though. The other two games that I have, I'll give you the one that is least likely to happen last. But in this one, I don't know how much of an upset we can make of it. But if South Alabama were to beat Tulane, it wouldn't shock me. Tulane is ranked 24th in the country. They're coming off of a Cotton Bowl win. And I think they are likely the group of uh, the, the non-Power 5 group of represent uh, the, the New Year's Six representative again this year. Because Tulane is really good. Yes, they lost Ty J Spears and uh, what Dion Williams, their their big linebacker or whatever. But this is a very good Tulane team. But if they were to lose to South Alabama, maybe just catch them a little off guard. I think that's a possibility. And the one that's very unlikely. I got two more. Let's see if one, your one is going to be one that okay. I have to. I, I doubt it will be, but let's see. What if you know everyone's just on the Sam Hartman hype train here? They're getting back from Ireland. They're all excited. It's home game you know, in South Bend. And you know what? We'll just roll over. What if Tennessee State were to pull off the mammoth upset against Notre Dame? What if, I mean, we saw Marshall do I it. Mean, that's a good one. You're right. I didn't have that one. But the coming back from Ireland, that's a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. So I'm just... It's very unlikely to happen. And that's why you're, I mean, you're scheduling an FCS opponent. A team that's not very good, but it's still one that I think you just the leg, the that that coming back from Ireland. I think that you could have a bit of a hangover effect. Maybe Notre Dame starts out a little slow. It's a good one. I've got two others. I'm not going to go super deep into these. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. I'm going to say a team that is the underdog. Okay. And they've been good recently. And tell me if you know who they play this week. Okay. Coastal Carolina. Do you know who they play this week? Oh, yes, I do. Do they play UCLA? They play at UCLA. UCLA is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Certainly, I, I mean, if you're asking me, I would expect UCLA to win. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised, though. 
again if it's the fourth quarter and we're like, oh, UCLA's down six right now and they need to score just to to tie the game and hopefully make the PAT. So when I went through and picked my win-loss records for all of the all the, all the teams and stuff, I had UCLA finishing the year seven and five. One of those five losses I have to Coastal Carolina. I think Grayson, nice. um, Grayson McCall. And it qualifies an upset. Apparently the line is UCLA 14 and a half. Yep. That definitely qualifies as an upset. Yep, Grayson uh, McCall from uh, Coastal Carolina. He's back for like his 17th season or whatever. Um, so I'm going to pick, I pick in the Chanticleers to go out to Southern Cal and beat UCLA. The other one I've got, and I think when we were doing this, I think I picked Clemson to lose this game, but maybe I did. Uh, Clemson opens on the road at Duke. Yep. And I think Clemson's better, but if you're Clemson, I would also be like, I don't want to open the season with a conference game on the road against a team that won nine games last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't either. That's a good one. That is a good one. Though it's not really the, the hostile environment that you might no, but in it. some ways that can be even worse. True. I mean, it, de- it depends on the guy, the individual guy and their makeup and stuff. There are some guys, the hostile, the more hostile it is, the better they are. What do They're you- just like, I'm going into the lion's den with a knife and I'm coming out with that damn lion's heart. You can't stop me. Mm-hmm. And then there's other, and you know, others that get freaked out by hostile environments. And there's other guys who are just like, yeah, if it's loud, I get jacked up and I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. If it's a big, and, I, I just I always think of Big Ten teams for that. Sure, but if it's a Big Ten 11 a.m. kickoff when it's 48 degrees in late October, mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, I couldn't care about this game at all. And then all of a sudden, it's late in the third quarter, and they're like, well, I guess we're not going to get the backups in. We're going to have to play the whole game as the starters now because we've screwed around this entire time. And I think that could be. I, I mean, if he, that would be the I think the avenue where Clemson would lose. It's, it's, the, it's not hostile, but it's, you know, it's not in the morning. You know, it's yep. a 7 o'clock game. Yep. But it's just like, oh, the stadium's only half full. No one's yelling at us that we suck. We kind of have to come up with our own motivation. and We don't care about playing Duke. That does sound like Bowling Green against Minnesota a couple years ago when Bowling Green came into Minnesota and won. Though that, that, was, uh, that was a noon kickoff or 11 a.m. Central Standard Time in, uh, in Minneapolis in September, I believe. I do think, though, there will be a lot of Clemson fans there. In fact, I might almost be willing to say that there's going to be more Clemson fans there than Duke. In Duke's Probably. So, that might negate some but, of the... But I, I, you're right, but I, when I say... I mean, probably, well, I shouldn't say probably. There could be 40,000 Clemson fans there. But coming off their worst season in five or six years... And I bet there's other bigger games they're excited about. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I don't think that there's going to be no Clemson fans there. I'm sure there will be a few. But, I mean, 15, 20,000, I don't know. Is that enough that you're going to be like, oh, my God, it's so loud in our favor. We're super excited. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. The capacity at Duke Stadium, at Wallace Wade Stadium, is 40,004. I'm oh, that's guess, smaller than I would have guessed. I would have guessed, like, low 50s. I'm going to guess there will be at least 50. 10 to 15,000. It's at least a quarter full of Clemson fans, if not closer to half. Oh, yeah, I'd say like a third. A third would be my guess. Yeah, I think that's I think that's good. So, that will be the game that wraps up week one of the college football season. 
But we're looking down the line here. We're looking at who is going to be playing on Championship Saturday or Friday, whenever their championship game is, in December. So let's get right to it here, Charlie. Let's make some predictions here. We'll start. I should say, I think yeah. I remember, do you have down the teams I picked to make the conference title game? I do. I do. Okay. I'm almost positive I have all of these correct, but it's possible that I could be mistaken on a couple of them. The Big 12. We'll start there, since that was the first conference that we really previewed. Both and of I think us. Was, maybe we had both had the same. Did we both have the same team? We did. Texas against Kansas State. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, um, who, would you like to go first with your uh, winner? I will. I don't remember what I had Texas picked. I should say I did not write out individual, like, ever team's record and pick the games like you did. I probably should have. If I remember right, I think I said Kansas State at, like, 10-2, and two, Texas at, like, 11-1. and one. And it's like, oh, man, is Texas going to make the playoff? Nope. Final year, lost to Kansas State. Last conference game's a loss on the way out the door. Wildcats won their second consecutive Big 12 title. Oh, okay. You have Kansas State winning. I have uh, both teams at 10-2 and two, uh, headed into this game. So, Texas, sorry, you're not going to be going to the college football playoff. But I have Texas winning. So... We have different winners here. Uh, Kansas, You have Kansas State winning their second consecutive Big 12 championship. Second in a row. And Don't like North Dakota State, but you know what? That North Dakota State guy can coach. Chris Kleiman is very good. Let's go to the last ever Pac-12 championship game. We think, unless they merge with the Mountain West, who knows what the hell is going to happen. They need to do something soon. I I can't believe they aren't that, that there's been nothing since all of this conference realignment bullshit started here. You have Oregon versus USC, both at 11. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I'm glad I, my memory is serving me well so far. Yeah. And I have USC versus Washington. Who do you have winning this game? If I remember right, or actually I should pull this up. I, I mean, I remember who I have. I don't remember the exact setup. I think you had I'm both quickly teams checking the schedules. I had, I think, who was it? I don't remember which one I had. I don't, okay, we'll just put it this way. I was going to set it up with who loses to who and how it goes. I think I had USC winning the first one. And then they're both 11-1. and one. So the winner has a good shot at getting in. Oregon wins the rematch. Oregon beats USC. USC falters in the conference title game for the second consecutive year. Okay. Oregon maybe in the playoffs, maybe not, but they're certainly in a really good spot. Okay. This one I feel the worst about, but I am going with the team that I think is most destined to be here and not screw up too bad along the way. Now, I am hesitant in saying this because of the difficult games that they have on their schedule. That includes trips to Eugene, Oregon, and South Bend, Indiana. But I have USC taking down Washington. And I think Washington is a more complete team. But I, I, I don't know. Is, is Kalen DeBoer... But they don't have the best quarterback in the country. They don't. And Caleb Williams is that guy, so... 
I'm going to say it's redemption this year. I'm going with USC, though I do think Washington is the more complete team. And trust me, I really, really wanted to pick Washington to win this game because I'd rather see Washington in the college football playoff than USC. And I think it's a possibility, if, but I'm, I'm, I'm going with USC. That's what I'm going with here. Fair. Year two under Lincoln Riley. Good yep. chance that they're even better in year two. The Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis, which, by the way, I meant to bring this up last week or the week before when we were talking about the Big Ten. I think it was two weeks ago. The fact that the Big Ten is going to move their championship game to Las Vegas is a is a crock. It's Oh, right. I forgot about that, too. I like, also hate that. Like, for goodness sakes, we don't need to appease the four schools in the West that you are bringing in. It should either always be in Indianapolis or if you want to rotate it to Detroit or Minneapolis, I guess, you know, because Detroit always does the Mac, it maybe makes more sense to do it like in Minneapolis, like alternate between Indy and Minneapolis. Or if you just want to keep it in Indy because it's central to everyone, that's fine. You shouldn't be putting this in Vegas Another move, uh, just another greedy move by the Big Ten. Just screw you, and like to hell with I, you, Big Ten. I, I, I I've got it. an easy counter to this. Yeah, it's easy. I'm fine with it. it in Indianapolis. I kind of would like it in Chicago, but Chicago doesn't have a dome. Chicago in December is a bad idea. Yep. So I agree. It shouldn't be in Las Vegas. Uh, here's an easy one though that could appease a lot of people. Uh, there's not going to really probably be a Rose Bowl anymore in the good way. Well, they just have the Big 12 or the Big 10 title game at the Rose Bowl every year. I mean, you could that way you can be like, hey, guess what? We're still getting our Big 10, maybe Pac-12s game. I mean, it depends on what the two teams that make it. A lot of yeah. times it could be USC, UCLA, Washington, or Oregon. Mm-hmm. And while, while Las Vegas is a fun vacation destination in some ways, in terms of like college football, the Rose Bowl is a much better place. Los Angeles, I think, is going to be better in December, the first week of December, than Las Vegas is. And you'd be like, hey, we can go through the little... I've been to the Rose Bowl once. Inside the stadium, there's kind of like a little mini museum. Mm-hmm. You can look at the history of the thing. What better way, if you're a Big Ten or a formerly Pac-12, now Big Ten team, you're playing the conference title game, and you can walk around there and be like, oh my god, in 1978, Charles White from USC. I don't know if he played in 78 or not, but you scored five touchdowns in the Rose Bowl. Look how great this is. And then it also gets rid of the, like, oh, hey, Indianapolis is okay and it's indoors, but also it's cold to be in Indianapolis. Yeah. You know what? That's a that's a very good And it's option. at least somewhere that, like, everyone historically in the Big Ten and Pac-12 are like, yeah, we want to play at the Rose Bowl. Right. Nope. I think that's a, I think that's a great option and alternate plan. I mean, and if anything, it's better than Las Vegas. It's easy to get to Vegas, but Vegas is where the Pac-12 championship game has been at. We don't need to do it. Like when I think Big Ten, I don't think Vegas. I would think Pat. I would think no, the Rose Bowl. I would think Pasadena. Well before Vegas, this is a terrible idea by the Big Ten. But once and again, like Las Vegas is easy to get to by plane. It's not like it's that hard to get to Los Angeles. No, no, there aren't isn't. as many direct flights, but. You can find plenty of flights yeah. to L.A. It's just another middle finger given by the Big Ten to not only its fans, but just college football in general. So, uh, But our Big Ten championship game. We have four different teams represented in this game. You have Iowa versus Penn State. I have Michigan versus Wisconsin. Who do you like winning the Big Ten championship? 
I think it could be close for a while. I do not think Iowa has the offense to keep up. And their defense, while good, I don't think it's good enough to slow them down all the way. I think Penn State's going to win and kind of like, oh, hey, they won 31-14 to in a game that's maybe a bit closer than the score looks, but also like, oh, yeah, Penn State's going to win this game. Okay. I have Michigan beating Wisconsin. Better defense. Slightly oh my god, offense. in the Big Ten East-West games, we have the East teams winning? That's never happened before. I know, no, never, never. Uh, but yeah, it, they will reign supreme again. I have Michigan over Wisconsin. The ACC championship game, we have the same two teams here. Clemson versus Florida State. Who do you like in this game? This was, this is what I was trying to do with the Pac-12 one. I didn't remember exactly what I had picked. I have Florida State losing its first game and last game of the regular season. So they come in at 10 and 2. Pretty unlikely you're going to make the playoffs. Clemson, I've got coming in at 11 and 1. They're only lost to Florida State. All they have to do, get revenge in the bigger game, and there's a good chance you're getting into the playoffs. Uh oh, Florida State wins the rematch, too. Florida State's your ACC champion. Okay. We are going opposite on everything here so far because I have Clemson winning. I have Clemson. Uh, let's see. I have that. Unfortunately, so Clemson is going into the last week of the regular season. And like, okay, we're 11-1. We just lost at NC State back in at the end of October. Everything's good. We're going to avenge our loss to South Carolina last year when they came into Clemson and beat us. Oh, wait. Nope. Spencer Rattler has a monster game. South Carolina wins again in Columbia, South Carolina. So it destroys Clemson's hopes. But Clemson says, nope, we're going to get revenge on Florida State. And they beat Florida State. Though, I will say, if you lose to South Carolina there, I don't know what the mindset necessarily is going to be for Clemson in this game. But I will give them the win here over Florida State narrowly. Sure. Um, I like that. SEC championship game. We've Surprise, surprise. We both have Georgia coming out of the East. You have Alabama. I have LSU. Who do you have winning the SEC championship game? So I do remember I had Alabama losing to Texas A&M in the regular season. Just mm-hmm. one of those weird, oh, that's weird, but that happened, which, yep. you know, happens. Do I. On occasion. Or we know, not Texas A&M. It was, uh, oh, was it I, Texas A&M? I have them losing to Texas A&M because they just they seem to struggle when they go to College Station. Or was it... Uh, I think that's what I had. I'm double. Oh, no. Maybe, or, I thought he was either Texas A&M or Auburn because he was there. It was one of those two. Anyways, that's the only uh, regular season loss that I have for Alabama. I also have a regular season. Or, or, right. I, I had Texas A&M beating Alabama as I pull up Georgia's schedule. I now remember. I've got Auburn beating Georgia. It's I, I mixed up which one Auburn was beating. So they're both eleven and one. The SEC winner, if you're eleven and one, you're definitely going to get in the playoff. Uh, biggest upset of the season. I've got Alabama beating Georgia. Georgia doesn't make the playoff this year. Doesn't even get it. Doesn't even make the playoffs with the chance for the three D. Alabama gets the upset. Whoa, because you know Georgia is looking to become the first team since Minnesota in 1934 to 1936 to win three straight. National Championship games. 
and they're not going to do it. They aren't even going to make the college football playoff, according to you, Charlie Hildebrand. They're going to be in position to do it in early December, but just one, one. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a Alabama, Clemson, Nick Saban surprise onside kick. Maybe it's a fake punt. Maybe it's you know something like that, fake field goal. Something they're going to do is going to change the tide. And Alabama's going to win. I mean, I mean, not handily, but Alabama's going to win, you know, 28-24 or something like that. I told you I didn't feel great about a couple of my picks for the college football playoff. I didn't feel good about a couple of picks for the championship game, uh, the, the respective conference championship games. Washington versus USC was one of them. This is the other. I have LSU versus Georgia in the championship game. And I... This is a repeat of last year's championship game. LSU finds a way. I have LSU handing Georgia their first loss of the season. Give me LSU to take down Georgia. So congratulations so to the Georgia LSU, Bulldogs. You've got LSU SEC champs at like 12-1? and one? Yes. So so for you, Brian Kelly, coach of the year, that's like, oh my God, in year two, he took LSU to the playoff after leaving Notre Dame. It beats Georgia. I mean, yep. maybe it could be somebody else. It could be someone who inherited a two and ten team that goes, you know, a weapon and one or something. Yep, I would say. But basically, if he does that, there's a good shot he would be the coach. Of yes. The year now. Not yes. the coach of the year awards matter, but. Um, but we both have Georgia losing in the SEC championship game. So congratulations ahead of time to Georgia on winning the SEC yeah. championship <laughs> game on an undefeated national championship yes. season. Yes. Uh, but I have LSU winning. So, um, that uh, that's the only game that we agree on, but not we don't have the same winner. We just have Georgia not winning. We have the same loser. Though. The same loser. Yes, the same loser. So, I think that's going to make things very exciting here. So, let's go. Let's first do the Cotton Bowl here in the New Year Six game. So, we're going to pick the Cotton Bowl matchups, the Peach Bowl matchup, the Orange Bowl, and the Fiesta Bowl. The Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl are home to the college football playoff this year. So, we won't have our traditional uh, Pac-12 versus Big Ten in the in the Rose Bowl, but we aren't going to have that moving forward because the college football playoff is saying, you know what, we're going to make the Rose Bowl a staple of the college football playoff here moving forward. So, let's start with the Cotton Bowl here. It's at-large versus at-large, so there's not one conference that's tied to this here. Who do you have in the Cotton Bowl? I've got Big 12 champion Kansas State and at-large Ohio State. Okay, all right. I like that. I have Big 12 winner Texas against the non Power five. What, what what are we calling? It? Is it the the, the group of six? Is it group is a group of five still? I think it's group of five still this year at least. Okay. I don't know what we'll call it next year. I have group of five winner and repeat um, visitor to the Cotton Bowl. Tulane. Give me Texas against Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. I like that. That's fun. So Chance we, for I mean, do not that Tulane. I think is that far from Dallas, I mean, all things considered in the U.S., but being like, hey, guess what? We're going to be Texas and Dallas. Yeah. Like, that would be fun. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, so we have different teams there. How about the Peach Bowl? Again, at-large versus at-large. Who do you have here? 
I've got a con- I've got a pair of conference title game losers, one that you had in the Cotton Bowl. I've got Texas okay. against Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Ooh. So Texas, you lost. Guess what? You're going to play Georgia basically on their own turf. Okay. It, it would be a matter of who, who cares about this game more. Because, you know, with Georgia losing... You know, and having won back-to-back national championships, it'd be like, oh, are we really? Do they really care about a Peach Bowl game? I feel like Texas might be able to snag that one. I have Florida State against Tennessee in the oh, Peach Bowl. I like that. I think of all. I mean, I, I like my picks, but your pick right there—that would be the game outside maybe playoff games. That I'd most be like, I just want to watch that and see what happens. I don't even care who wins. I just want to watch it. Tennessee not in the uh, in the SEC championship game. They were te- they'd be ten and they're ten and two. I have them going into the season or um, you know kind of wrapping up or whatever. So um, I, it's a possibility. But you think about the the destination here. It's not too far from Tallahassee to Atlanta. Certainly not too far away from Knoxville to Atlanta. Well, I think that would be a great game. Give me Florida State against Tennessee. Uh, Orange Bowl here. Traditionally, it's now the ACC versus the Big Ten or the SEC. Who do you have in the Orange Bowl this year? Well, I have Florida State, the ACC champion, because they're not in the playoffs. And it's worth noting, a lot of times, it's Big Ten, SEC, or Notre Dame. Yes. I've got Florida State and Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl. Very good. I like that. That would be a great matchup there, if I do say so myself. I really like that pick. I am going to go with Clemson, the winners of the ACC, against Ohio State. Didn't make it to the Big Ten. That would also be a fun game. Didn't make it to the Big Ten championship game, but they're making they're making a New Year's Six game regardless. Putting them here in the Orange Bowl against Clemson. I did think about Notre Dame. I really did here. How about the Fiesta Bowl here? Who do you have in the Fiesta Bowl? Well, this is my group of five team. I've got Toledo, wins the Mac, a couple other teams, you know, like Coastal Carolina and, and Tulane. Don't quite get a few more losses. So Toledo and who played uh Tulane last year, USC. I've got USC and Toledo in the Fiesta Bowl. Whoa, okay. So, so that... Toledo, like, hey, you're not in the playoffs. I mean, I don't think they'll be undefeated either. So it's not like they're going to be like, oh, no, we can't get in. But, you know, you're not in the playoffs, but you're in a big game, and guess what? You get to play Caleb Williams and see what you can do against them. Okay, wow, that's that's big. So you have neither Georgia nor USC in your college football playoff by that. By that that is I just been. I have Washington lose of the Pac-12 championship game, a close one against USC. I have them taking on Notre Dame. Ooh, I like Washington and Notre Dame. It would be fun to watch too. So that that is my pick, and I, I those are the two teams. I'll be honest that I was. I really think Notre Dame just after watching them against Navy. I get it's against Navy, but. If Sam Hartman can play like that all season long or even somewhat close to it, and you get USC at home, especially if that defense isn't there, I feel like Notre Dame is is 
very close to being that that playoff team. I will not be shocked at all if Notre Dame makes it to the playoff with one loss. I really think it's possible with them this They're year. They're really good. If I remember, I, we talked about this. I mean, I should say a little inside baseball. We had to record two podcasts in one week for mm-hmm. while I was out of town on vacation. So mm-hmm. some of this stuff I don't remember because it was a few weeks ago. If I remember right, though, Notre Dame basically had like a four-game season. They have four really tough games, yep. four pretty tough games. Yep, Ohio State. And I just, I just, yep. I have them splitting those and going ten and two. If yep. they find a way to win three of them, they're probably going to get in. As, yep, as do I. If they win three of the four, they're in. Um, if if they lose two, though, they're done. So, but yep. if two, Dame... two losses and also they don't have a conference title game against a yep. good team, they can play to get an extra boost either. Yep. Yep, indeed. Uh, so let's go now to the fourteen college football playoff. The last year of four teams in the college football playoff before we, before college football greedily goes to twelve. It should have been eight, but they don't. They don't talk to us, common folk here who have the common sense approach that uh, you would wish. I mean, I've said mine should be that they pick it each year different based off how many worthy teams there are. So some years there'd only be like four, but and sure. some there might be twelve, but. Sure, I just think... But mine's way too complicated and they never do that. Do the conference of winners and a couple of at-large teams. So, I mean, I guess if you're doing 12, do do all the conference champions and then four or five wild cards. You know, that would be something fun. I mean, it gives, you know, it would give the Toledos like a... Oh, we're legitly in the playoff here. Conference USA, like even if they had no chance to win, gets your fans excited for something there. That's just my thought. But let's start with the Rose Bowl here. Who do you have in the Rose Bowl? So of my two games, I think the Rose Bowl would be the more fun game. The Sugar Bowl might have more storylines, but the Rose Bowl, I've got the more fun one. It's my two versus three matchup. Penn State versus Oregon. Oh, yes. Oh, I like that. I think, I don't know, I mean, I can tell you who, I mean, I'm not going to tell you yet who I have winning. Just a guess, I don't know who would win. I think it would be incredible to watch. Probably a very high-scoring game. Kind of like, I don't know, was it like five, six, seven years ago, Penn State and USC played that ball game mm-hmm. with uh, Saquon Barkley against, uh, what's his name, who went to the Jets and wasn't any good for USC. Oh, um, McKnight? Um... No, the quarterback. Oh, uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, that's his name. Yeah. I couldn't think of his name. Now, now in San Francisco. The Sam Darnold, Saquon Barkley, Rose Bowl, that was like 50 to 47. I yes. don't know if it would be quite that high scoring, but I think it would be a game like that. That if you are an impartial observer, whether you're a diehard college football fan or just casually watching it, you'd be like, this game's just fun to watch. So, I have here... I don't know if the rankings are quite the way they should be, but I have the t- I have two teams here that you don't have. Actually, in- that's also my two versus three yes. game. I yep. don't remember yep. if I said that. Yes, yeah. you did. Um, I have two teams here that you do not have in the college football playoff at all. I have Georgia versus USC. I have Georgia I mean, making it. it I don't think it's a stretch to have to say that would happen, and that would also be very interesting to be like, hey, can – I mean, we'll, we'll get later to whether he wins the Heisman again this year or not. But either way, even if he doesn't, he's a Heisman Trophy winner still. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, can the Heisman Trophy winner beat the two-time defending champs who will probably, again, have one of the best defenses in college football? Mm-hmm. Would be a massive storyline here. 
I have USC as the two, Georgia as the three. So that is that's my two three matchup there as well. So let's go to the Sugar Bowl then. Who is in your Sugar Bowl? Number one, I've got Alabama. Okay. And that's why it's the Sugar Bowl, because the number one seed, at least I think they still do that, is supposed to get one that's geographically close to them. Mm-hmm. Alabama against a team that did not win its conference, but will get in and probably rifle some feathers that this team got in over some other teams that are like, hey, how come we didn't get in? Alabama versus number four, Michigan. So I've got a Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh semifinal playoff game. Have I picked that like three times before and it's not happened? Yes. Is it going to happen this year? Probably not, but that's what I'm picking. Okay, I like that. Um, Two coaches that have definitely sniped back and forth at each other and playing on the second biggest stage, the only bigger stage would be the national final game. And I'm sure there would be many uh, uh, sub-tweets essentially about each other's coaching staff and teams. So I also have Michigan in as the four seed, taking on number one LSU. I like that. That would also be a very entertaining game. Brian Kelly. The Les Miles Bowl, even though Les Miles only coached at one of them, but he played it. Yep, yep. So LSU versus Michigan there for me. I don't feel – I feel okay about – I'm really riding the the LSU hype this year with – uh, Jaden Daniels back at quarterback, good young tight end. That Harold Perkins Jr. on defense is just a, a machine. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be really good here. So, how about your national? I mean, they've won four or three national titles in the last twenty years, so their mm-hmm. odds are better than most teams are. Yes, yes. I I really wanted to put Notre Dame in there. I wanted to figure out a way to get Notre Dame and Washington in, and I don't feel good about LSU beating Georgia like it. My uh, my alternate college football playoff that I was thinking was going to be Washington, Notre Dame, Georgia, and Michigan. Georgia and Michigan were going to get in regardless, but I was going to put Washington and Notre Dame in there as well and remove LSU and USC. That was the alternate one that I was thinking of. But your national championship game, who do you have? So in a great game, I've got Oregon beating Penn State. I've got Alabama beating Michigan in, like, a eh, decent game, but also, like, oh, yeah, Michigan's better. Again, being like, hey, guess what? For the second straight year, the Big Ten had two teams in the playoff, and neither of them even made the title game, and they both lost, continuing those uh, fun storylines. Meaning we've got Oregon, new money, against Alabama, perhaps the most old money team ever. I mean, it's either Alabama or Notre Dame or maybe USC. Or Ohio State. I mean, it's one of those ones. And can Oregon, with, spoiler alert, a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback in Bo Nix. Okay, there we go. Can Oregon beat Nick Saban in Alabama and get that national title that's eluded them twice? Do they? Uh, no, they don't. Okay. I hope they do, but no, Alabama wins. Alabama. Alabama wins in a game that's pretty good that people will be like, oh, no, Alabama will definitely win easily. It's like, oh, man. It'll be I mean, kind of, it'll be more like the Oregon-Auburn national title game that came down to the yes. end than the Oregon-Ohio State one. Okay. Where it was like, oh, yeah, this is sort of close, but Ohio State's definitely better. Okay. One that is just 
a classic case of man's uh, reach exceeds his grasp. All right. That's horrible. Very good. I have, seeding-wise, I have two upsets in my national championship game. I think Michigan beats LSU in the Sugar Bowl. Ooh, I, I like that. I think. I mean, even though there are things I don't like about the Big Ten and Nebraska's a new Big Ten team, it would be nice to have the Big Ten actually win a playoff game again. And Georgia is going to exact, uh, they're going to say, yeah, Caleb Williams, it's nice that you won the Heisman. Spoiler alert, there's my Heisman Trophy winner, back-to-back. Yeah. Um, it's nice that you won the Heisman. It's nice that we have to fly all the way out to Southern California and you're playing in a uh, you know, de facto home game. Our defense is going to stifle you. They do. Caleb Williams may or may not get hurt in this game. I don't know. Uh, hopefully he doesn't. But Shades of Colt McCoy against yeah. Alabama. Where yep. It's like, oh no, you got beat up so much throughout the year. You're definitely getting hurt in this game. I have Georgia versus Michigan in the national championship game. Which I believe is... I like that. That's a good pick. Your pick for a national title game, I think, is more likely than mine. Which I think is in Houston, Texas this year, if if, uh, memory serves me correct. And I don't like picking it because the odds are stacked against you. But, for the first time since 1934 through 36, back when they talked like this on the radio... To bring you the sporting action. Back when they went to Takis yes. and the Theta? Yes. We have a th- back to back to back national champion in the Georgia Bulldogs who will beat Michigan and hoist another natty. I have Georgia beating Michigan. I mean, I think there's a good shot that it works out that way. Georgia has a lot of question marks, but they also are incredibly deep and talented. I think their biggest aren't starters. It's like, hey, guess what? They're still better athletes and football players than almost anyone else anywhere in the country. Their biggest quarterback is or their biggest question is quarterback, and even that is like, okay, you're not going to have to ask him to do much. You're not going to have to ask Carson Beck to do a whole lot. He's got Brock Bowers, who is being compared to the likes of Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. At tight end, you have a great defense, loaded backfield. Just don't lose us the game. I don't think it's going to have to. They're going to. It'll be a learning moment in the SEC championship game. They come back and they they win the two playoff games and win another national championship. Not undefeated, but I think they'll take back to back to back national championships. Give me Georgia over Michigan. And while I don't think Georgia's defense is going to be as otherworldly as that one two years ago, that's yes. just like, is this the best defense, like, ever in the modern era? Like, just post-1950, is this the best one? I don't think they're going to be that good. I think there's a chance they'll be better on defense this year than they were last year, though. I do as they well. they won the second one. Yes. And when your defense is that good, I mean, there will be times where your quarterback will need to make a play or a few plays to, to you know, win big games, but... That might only happen in, like, three games all season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might just be like, yep, only when we play their four games. Tennessee, SEC title game, and two playoff games might be the only times where it's like, hey, you're going to have to actually break a sweat on offense quarterback. Mm-hmm. I agree. So that is what we have here. Uh, any other predictions, anything else that you want to get to here before we say so long and just enjoy the college football season? 
Well, I told you my Heisman Trophy winner at Bo Nix. Who is your Heisman Trophy? Caleb Williams. Back to back. Caleb Williams. Yeah. So, so not only are we getting the first three straight national champion in, you know, almost a hundred years, we're also getting the first back to or the first two time Heisman Trophy winner ever too. Well, didn't oh, was it Archie Griffin a two time Heisman? Oh, winner? right, right. Sorry, I knew that. That was an incredibly dumb looking mistake. I don't know why I forgot about Archie Griffin. Was he back to back? That's actually going to bother me for a long time. Oh, I he was back to back, and yeah, he's the only. And actually, Archie Griffin like had. A, I think it was fair to give him the Heisman Trophy as a junior. He had the not quite as good of a season as a senior, and it's kind of when you look at his stats, it's like, yeah, I mean that's good. That's kind of surprising that they were like, no, this is the guy we're going to do this for. Like you would think it'd be like, oh, he ran for another five hundred more yards and twelve more touchdowns, and it's like, nope. Stats are worse as a senior. Who who are some of the other guys that are going to be in New York with Bo Nix? I think mean, Caleb Williams will be back there. I think that whoever ends up starting at quarterback for Georgia and Alabama, and I know they have starters right now, but there's times that shuffles around early in the year. I think those guys will be there um, based off my pick of – Penn State being in the playoff, there's a good chance Penn State's quarterback will be there. But I think I think Bo Nix and Caleb Williams will be there. I think uh, what's what's his name Harrison from Ohio State, the receiver. Oh, I think okay. he's the Big Ten's best shot. I I said the Penn State quarterback. It's actually Marvin Harrison Jr. That's I think that's the best Big Ten one. Okay, because I think he, even though you know there's 19 other receivers on Ohio State that are really good, that'll take some catches away. They also, it's going to be like, oh, hey, you can't just double cover this guy because they have other guys. So I would it's lo- possible he could have like 2,000 yards receiving. I would love to put Brock Bowers in New York, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I think the four will be Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. Ooh, the Washington guy? Yeah, that's yep. a good one. That's a good pick. I like that. So, but Caleb Williams ultimately wins it, but this gets me excited for the college football season. Um, Thank you for all of your time that you have given me here uh, throughout the month of August leading up to this. I always enjoy this time of the year previewing these conferences with you going over the college football storylines, and I hope you will indulge me in joining me on the podcast throughout the college football season yeah, so we can talk. I can to- and I will. You can't stop me. I will. Okay, very good. I'm glad I didn't have to twist your arm there. But I hope you enjoy uh, the the start of the college football season. Is there anything else that you need to 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 say before we say so long? The only other thing would be since Nebraska and Minnesota play this week, do we want to come up with some minor bet? Mm. Like we're not not buddy, and we don't see each other in person very often anymore. Right. So. Maybe not even like a haircut thing. We could even do something simple of just coming up with some stupid phrase that the other person has to say on the air then if their how, team loses. How about like if, like if Nebraska beats Minnesota, you have to be like, you know what, LeVar Ball and Stan Kroenke are my two favorite Americans. I can do that. I can do that. And if uh, Minnesota beats Nebraska, I want you to say, Sky Uma, row the boat, go Gophers. Okay. You might have to text that. You have to send me the phonetic spelling for yes. that, but I can do that. Okay, very good. And I will say that LeVar Ball and Stan Kroenke are my favorite uh, sports personalities of all time. 
Oh, just saying favorite that, Americans just, of all time. All favorite Americans. Oh God, just I mean, just even saying that just makes me want to throw up. <laughs> but I will. Yeah, that means it's doing its job. Yes, yes, it does. Makes my stomach queasy. Yes, that's that'll be our bet. We 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 will do that. So yeah, I mean, they can't all be high stakes bets. Some of them have no, to be well No, I agree. So I uh, again though in, enjoy our our conversations, our chats as always here. Um, Enjoy week one, and we'll talk to you throughout the, the college football season. But thanks, as always, for the time, my friend. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you later, Stackhead. Sounds good. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to join us here with lots of con- lots of picks. So, again, we, we differ on everything here. He has Kansas State winning the Big 12. I have Texas. He has Oregon winning the Pac-12. I have USC. He has Penn State winning the Big 10. I have Michigan. He has Florida State winning the ACC. I have Clemson. He has Alabama winning the ACC. I have LSU. We both don't have Georgia. So congrats to Georgia there. Uh, In four teams in our college football playoff, we only have one of the same, and that's Michigan as a four seed. LSU, Georgia, uh, LSU, USC, and Georgia round out my top four along with Michigan. He has Alabama, Penn State, and Oregon. And Oregon versus Alabama for him. If SEC wins another national championship, because I have Georgia winning, he is Alabama. But it should be a very fun season. And we, with that, we will say, um, we'll wrap this week's edition of Sports Block Podcast up. Uh, previewed the college football season with Travis. Made our picks. Uh, made our finalized our picks here with Charlie. Here so. Thank you to, to you all for listening to the Sports Block Podcast each week, and especially during these you know the month of August. It's a very long podcast. We get into a lot of our longer podcasts during the fall with college football and the NFL. Next week will be our big NFL preview uh, show with, with Travis. We'll make our predictions, playoff teams, and Super Bowl picks there. But enjoy college football season. Have a great long Labor Day weekend. Follow Charlie on Twitter, or at X, I guess, at C.E. Hildebrand. Follow me on X, at N.D. Stacken, Facebook, Nathan Stacken, Travis Crins on X, at Travis Crins, a link to the podcast. Post the middle to later part of each week. Enjoy your college football weekend. Enjoy your long Labor Day weekend. We'll be back next week to talk some college football and a lot of NFL as we preview the upcoming NFL season. So for Travis and Charlie and everyone here at the Sports Block Podcast, I'm Nathan. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week, great Labor Day weekend, great week one of college football, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com and on iTunes.